0: Robert Dubois, he's in prison for putting Superman in the ICU with a kryptonite bullet.
1: This mission is more important than you could possibly imagine. Are you in or out? It's okay, I'm not
0: okay. Your mission is to destroy every trace of Project Starfish.
1: Starfish is a slang term for a butthole. Is there any connection?
2: No. 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 Suicide. Well, that's
3: kind of our thing. I'm going to
4: get you out of here life. I'm going to get you out of here life.
3: I'm
4: a superhero! In theaters and on HBO Max August 6th. Rated R.
0: Episode 392. There's already
2: like 7 million podcasts. Talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool
1: kids. It's a trap. And toss it, good it, do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can erase it, it. Let's embrace it. wear parties, subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry
3: over counterculture, over, pop culture. Like leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said. i feel pretty sure
1: the only talent it's
4: the band that's singing this pop culture
2: leftovers.
0: Hey, puddin', you're listening to Pop Culture Leftovers, but if I'm being honest, this show creeps me the fuck out! I toss it!
2: Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And, and we're, we're the, leftovers. the Leftovers. And this week, Jake, we are finally getting to review James Gunn's The Suicide Squad, sir. Oh, I know, I know. It's been a long, long time coming. It's been a long week for me, man. I saw this shit last week, and I haven't been able to really talk to anybody about it. It's been fucking crazy. Like, I just got to sit on this shit. I watched probably, and I rated it last week, I watched probably the most amazing movie I've seen all year. And then I've got to sit on it for a whole fucking week before I can talk about it, man. It was torturous (laughs)
1: i can't imagine the pain i can't imagine it's only been since thursday for me and it's already been like i want to talk
2: to people i know i literally i i was getting to the point where i just wanted to start tweeting spoilers and talking to james Gunn on twitter about it like it was like (laughs) getting to that point dude i just could not we are not alone jake we have got some guests this week we've got joe stark from the stark cast welcome back joe
5: hey stoked to be here man
2: are you stark to be here (laughs) <laughs> we also have Ashley Derivator. Welcome back.
0: My God, it's it's been so long, right?
2: I since Black Widow.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I don't know how you did that either. This uh I'm I'm very excited to talk about it.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, I can't wait to talk to you guys about this. And finally, Tristan Brown, shifting Tristan.
4: Ah. <clears throat> Happy to be here and very stoked to talk about this movie.
2: Absolutely, guys. Yeah, we're here to review James Gunn's The Suicide Squad out now on HBO Max and in theaters. And uh, we are going to have spoilers throughout this review. So this is your official spoiler warning.
3: This is a pop culture leftover spoiler warning. Today's forecast calls for spoilers straight in your dick You have been warned. Spoiler
2: pussies. Uh, the synopsis. The government sends the most dangerous supervillains in the world... Bloodsport, Peacemaker, King Shark, Harley Quinn, and others to the remote enemy-infused island of Corto Maltese. Armed with high-tech weapons, they trek through the dangerous jungle on a search-and-destroy mission with only Colonel Rick Flagg on the ground to make them behave. It's written and directed by James Gunn. Uh, originally, David Ayer was set to return as director for a Suicide Squad sequel back in March 2016, but in December... He chose to develop a Gotham City Sirens film instead... That series never happened. That movie never happened. <laughs> Warner Brothers considered several replacement directors before hire, hiring Gavin O'Connor back in uh, September of 2017. He left by October 2018, and Gunn was hired to write and direct the film after being temporarily fired by Disney and Marvel Studios as the director of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. He drew inspiration from war films in John Ostrander's 1980s Suicide Squad comics and decided to explore new characters in a story separate from the first film's narrative, though some cast members do return from Suicide Squad. Filming began in Atlanta, Georgia in September 2019, and concluded in Panama in February of 2020. And we have a star-studded cast here. Margot Robbie is Harley Quinn. Uh, we've got Idris Elba. As Blood Sport, John Cena as Peacemaker, Joel Kinneman back as Rick Flagg. Sylvester Stallone voices Nanue uh King Shark. Um and found out that uh it was Gunn gave King Shark a dad's bod to make him look less like a mammal as well as small eyes and a big mouth and a small head to avoid the cute anthropomorphic beast design seen in popular characters like baby Groot from his guardians of the galaxy films and the Mandalorian's baby Yoda. And they were going to go originally with a hammerhead shark, like in the comics, but they said that it just looked, the eyes look so fucking stupid when they, when they were doing huh. tests for it, they were like, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't work. And, uh, they used, instead- <laughs> that
0: says a lot next to weasel. Yeah. No, <laughs> like, well.
2: like- those are Sean Gunn's eyes, too. <laughs> they just took his blue eyes and made them look fucking, like, bulgy and stupid and shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was basically him. <laughs> Viola, Viola Davis as Amanda Waller, the director of Argus, who runs the Task Force X program. Uh, Jai Courtney returns as... Boomerang, Captain Boomerang. Uh we've got uh Peter Capaldi as Dr. Gaius Greaves, the thinker. Um also David Das as Abner Krill, the polka dot man, um Daniela Melkor as Cleo Caso, the rat catcher two, uh Michael Rooker as Savant, Alice Braga as Sol Soria, uh Pete Davidson as Richard Dick Hertz, uh, blackguard. (laughs) Um, Nathan Fillion as a new character. Um, TDK, the detachable kid. I think like he's inspired by Fall Arm Fall Off Boy or something. Is what I heard. (laughs) Another character in comics. Um, Sean Gunn as Weasel. uh, Flula Borg as Gunther Braun uh, as Gunter Braun Javelin. Uh, Mai Ling Ning as Mongal, Staro the Conqueror, uh, as a bunch of different, uh, multiple characters, I guess. I, I'm trying to think of who did the voice. I can't remember. Yeah. Speaking through multiple characters, just like, I, yeah, that's the thing. Um, all the different people that, uh, Staro was, uh, taking over. And then, uh, there was a, uh, clone, uh, a, a Clone Wars actor that did the voice of Sebastian the Rat, and I can't remember the name of that particular actor. That's Some, fun. If somebody wants to Google that. I would not be opposed. Uh, Storm Reed as Bloodsport's daughter Tyla. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, uh, Julio. Ru- Ruiz as Milton, um, Jennifer Holland as Amelia Harcourt, and Taika Waititi as the as the first rat catcher. Um, and then I also want to point out, like, uh, okay, Steve Agee is in this as well. Um, oh God, I can't. Uh, I have his name here. We'll talk about him later. But um, there's also some really cool kind of like characters that uh, pop up in here that are kind of like Easter egg people as well like john ostrander the creator of the 1980 suicide squad from which like this took a lot of inspiration from he appeared as dr fitzgibbon while he uh he was the doctor that uh, gave savant his uh his bomb in the back of his fucking neck uh lloyd kaufman appears in this movie i don't know if you guys noticed lloyd kaufman from trauma but uh james gunn worked with trauma and Lloyd Kaufman was one of the guys at the gentlemen's club that was sitting at the bar. He's directly behind John Cena. Uh, of course, Palm Clemente was in this as one of the uh, dancers there. And uh, Oh, Sean, uh, Sean Gunn appears in human form as calendar man. Um, Natalia Safran as kaleidoscope uh, and Jared Leland Gore as double down. Double Down is the character from the comics with the playing cards that are attached to his skin and he uses them as a weapon. Not as cool as Gambit. <laughs> but that yeah. was D.
5: Bradley Baker. D. Bradley, Bra- yes. Sebastian.
2: Thank you. D. Bradley Baker was the voice of Sebastian. Joe, you are the only one on the podcast that gets a cookie. So thank you. <laughs> that- Everybody else that was just,
1: that was not easy to find I was on the mission the whole time and, yeah,
2: well <laughs> I mean well you? I, you know the winner gets the cookie all right know, you know I rats know. rats have to go through mazes rats run this movie Joe is my little rat going through the maze and he got to the end he got the fucking cookie
1: oh yeah Joe deserves it you're it was,
2: still in that fu- you're still in that fucking maze sniffing around and shit <laughs> <laughs> So, guys, what we're going to do now is we are going to rate this movie. And if this is your first time listening, we'd. Oh, yeah. Suicide Squad is uh, rated R, has a runtime of 132 minutes and an estimated budget of 185 million. We're going to rate it. And if this is your first time listening, this is our rating system.
5: The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party.
2: Guys, you know my rating. I I watched it. I I I drove to St. Louis, got to see the pre-screening there. And uh last week I gave it they gave it the highest of Tupperwares. Um this this movie is just so fucking super cool. It is just so fucking super cool and I cannot wait to like you know, break this movie down with you, talk about uh our favorite moments. I'm interested to hear what your ratings are like I mean it, who knows? I don't know. I don't know what you fucking people thought of this fucking movie, so we're gonna find out. Um, but, Jake, I'm actually going to hear from you first. I, I want to hear from you first. I'm not saving you for last. This is your most anticipated movie of the year, James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. You're a huge fan of James Gunn. You love what he did on the Marvel side. And now you get to see what he does on the DC side. I'm not going to bury this. I'm not going to bury you at the very end. I want to get your thoughts right out there on fucking Front Street right now. What did you think of James Gunn's The Suicide Squad?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm right there with you. This this is absolutely brilliant. It's the the giant tupperware for me i am just in love with this movie i've seen it three times now i saw it the thir- first time opening night thursday and then i've watched it a couple more times at home on hbo max definitely going to get out there in the theater and see it at least one or two more times before it's gone but yeah i'm just i'm just blown away by this movie it's a it's a totally different field than what he did with guardians of the galaxy obviously i mean it's got that hard r rating and man it, is it gruesome but it's just so wild how thematically it's such a campy movie, but it's able to get still be so dramatic and tense. Like a lot of times movies just have a hard time being both. Like if you're going to go campy, then you're, you're going to go campy and you kind of lose out on those like big character moments where you don't know which side's going to pull out in the end. And man, this movie had it all. Like it was just so tense. I, I never knew how the chips were going to fall and it just gave it such a, excitement level that i haven't seen in an action movie like this in a long time like you said it on your review last week brian like all bets are off like you really did not know who was going to come out of this thing alive and like you know whose side certain people were going to be on by the end of it and wow it was just unbelievable and just beyond the story visually i was really blown away by it like it's got this almost like muted color scheme going on for most of the movie but then it really pays off when you get to the third act action sequence. And there's so much like that like color pops even more because everything else has been, you know, it's dark, it's foggy, it's in the rain. And then just boom, everything's bright and colorful and wide open. And it's just a look. I've never seen anything like it in a superhero movie. Um, I love the way it was sequenced. You know, it's not quite chronological order and there's a lot of fun to be had with that. Uh, really unique title cards that I really enjoyed that, you know, I love it when they do fun stuff like that. But yeah, I can't wait to break this down and talk about all the different individual characters. I I thought everyone just elevated what is such a stupid movie. Like, it's made not stupid by just the performance that, like, Idris Elba breathes into it. Like, he's almost like the everyman. Like, everything's either he's confused by it or he's annoyed by it or he's shocked by it. And you can see how that's how, like, any normal person thrown into all these wacky situations would react. And it doesn't come off as like comic relief. It's like you really believe he's just like, oh, my God, what is going on with this? What have I gotten myself into? And just within the two hours, the evolution his character goes through is is really amazing. Him and Cena were great together. They were like a modern day, like Legolas and Gimli almost is what it reminded me of, yeah. like an R-rated version of Legolas and Gimli. Competing for those kills, but yeah, I could I could talk forever, so I'll let someone else go. I can't, I can't wait to break this down and talk about all the different
2: scenes. I thought of the exact same comparison after watching it the first time was the Legolas and Gimli stuff. Uh, I remember when John Arbidon sent me, you know, like the message, like, "Is there really full frontal male nudity in this movie?" I, I, I described the the scene in which that happens, and I told him it's this it's this dick measuring contest between. <laughs> John Cena's character of Peacemaker and Idris Elba's character of Bloodsport. And it totally reminded me of Legolas and Gimli, but just like in a, you know, just like a, a completely different way that's not Tolkien, but James Gunn, in which like, you know, giving each other the middle finger and then like using the jack off motion at the other <laughs> one as they're fucking going around killing who they think are baddies, but actually turn out to be freedom fighters, which is one of the <laughs> most hilarious things in the fucking <laughs> film. Tristan, what oh. did you think about James Gunn's The Suicide Squad?
4: You know, what's crazy is uh, Jake was just, like, going down my notes list as far as the points that he was hitting because I had in my notes, you know, just the fact that they had that saturated color throughout the the film and then just all of a sudden it just bursts with color in that third act or that, you know, that final act and and just the, the balance that James Gunn tends to have, you know, in these movies where he can just effectively just be, like, college boy humor and at the same time give you this this the sentimental value that surrounds the characters as well like it's not an easy task to do like it's not something that most filmmakers can do and i think after watching this movie i think he's probably one of the most talented filmmakers in hollywood just because you know just time and time again he can just effectively balance that you know that 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 humor and, and silliness with just the sentimental approach as well. And I thought that just from a technical standpoint, this movie was just, i like, it's just one of the best technical comic book movies ever made. As far as like just the shots, there's so many stills in this movie that can just be framed as art, you know, just, just still frames. And I can't believe how well it holds up on repeat viewings because I'm not like a big laugher, like, like I don't laugh real, really loud in um, theaters. Yeah. But I was just laughing out loud <laughs> in a couple, a couple moments. And then when I watched the movie a second time at home, like I was still laughing just as loud. It was like insane, like how well those jokes are holding up. Um, and I think that, you know, just from a technical standpoint, it's, a, it's, it's just a, an
2: achievement in comic book movies. Um, from a technical standpoint on this episode, your mic keeps going in and out.
4: Oh, does it? Yeah, so,
2: yeah. I didn't want to cut you off because you're making great points, but you know, yeah. from a technical standpoint, you suck right now. James Gunn is just destroyed.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe okay. I'll try to find some other headphones. Um, but yeah, um, those are the points I, was, I mainly wanted to hit: just the humor, the balance of the humor, the soundtrack. I thought it, it wasn't like uh, Guardians were – you know yeah. the song kind of like was so in your face but i think the song choices were very relevant to what was going on
2: yes in yeah. the
4: film more so than than guardians and and the casting too like i'm so glad that will smith said no to this film because he just just really <laughs> took it to a different level as far as just um that type of character being in this role like he's he he can really just play you know kind of as jake indicated that every man like that that person that is the 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 viewer that's you know from giving things from our perspective at the same time just be a complete badass um and and flip it around in the third act i mean it was insane the casting um even just the people that were in the movie for a few minutes i mean i i thought pete davidson fits in a james gunn world you know (laughs) and and he has a James Gunn world face, you know. <laughs>
2: yeah. I love this, the scene with him as, you know, they're setting it up and they're, you know, they're getting all ready to like do their like stand in front of the, you know, the flag kind of like looks like that patent speech, you know, and, uh, <laughs> general patent speech, but, But Pete Davidson's like with that guard and he's like acting like he's going for his guns and shit. I'm, (laughs) I'm losing it.
0: Straight Victrolian. And then
2: immediately after that weasel steps out of the back of that fucking truck and's like,
0: (laughs) just like, what?
2: This is madness. This is absolute (laughs) fucking madness.
4: Um, one of the things, final things I wanted to add too was just like, I can't really describe this, but it's like, did anyone else find that like the gore was like kind of beautiful? Like it was like weird. It's, I, I can't describe
2: it. But it's, it's that like, trauma it background. Like, <laughs> it, it, it's it's it, coming from I trauma.
4: Nasty. It yeah. was like gory, like aesthetically pleasing, like visual. Well, even even
2: even the scene. And here's the thing, like. Oh, you know, you know, what I'll say I was going to talk about and I'll get to it later. But I was going to talk about the scene of the bird eating Savant's part of Savant's like fucking like brain matter and shit.
1: I love that. That's James Gunn's title card.
2: So I want to I'll talk about all that here in a a moment. But yeah, you're absolutely right, dude. The gore is fucking (laughs) it's gorgeous. (laughs) (laughs) No pun intended. Gorgeous. Yeah. Ah, uh, let's see. I want to hear from Ashley. Oh, it's a low-tasted, by the way. Well, shut the fuck up. <laughs> what was, no, give it the rating. Give it the rating. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, um, I had so much fun with this movie, right? And, like, that, especially it, it's being set in the DC world, a lot of times it is in this more kind of serious, dark, brooding um universe so to see James Gunn come in and just like disrupt that narrative i like i really it it makes me optimistic for kind of the future of some of these movies on the dc side um you know especially because how many superhero movies have we seen and to do something like this where he leans in so heavily into this obnoxious superhero world and when you start when the movie starts it's almost like that concept when like if you're trying to like get into some somewhere really cool and just like, just walk in and pretend like you just like, you know, you're, you're part of it. Just pretend like you're supposed to be here. And then like you get through and that's kind of like what this movie feels like it did where it just sets this up and you're just, you're thrust into this world. Like you said, a weasel is popping out and like screaming and you're just like, (laughs) what is happening? But then you accept it completely and you're just like strapped in along for the ride. Yeah. Um, And it it was just like, yeah, it's just, so, so much fun. It was chaos. It was complete dysfunction. It was violent as hell and completely beautiful. Uh, you know, and so like that, uh, that you don't often get that movie period, and then to have it be these kind of characters that, uh, that, you know, he did a similar thing with Guardians or it's like to take these characters people don't really know about, reinvent them in, in a way that makes sense in your story and then kind of uh, introduce them to the world. And so it was just, just like, Yeah, it was, it was a fun ride. I really, really enjoyed it.
2: And you're ready.
0: Uh, Fucking Tupperware.
2: There we go. That's what I want to hear. All right. Could it be a Tupperware party? Uh, let's find out from Joe.
5: Oh, it's a Tupperware party. Yeah. Dude, I fucking love this movie so much. And I I agree with everything that would, when, when Jake was going down his list, it was like, yes, yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I mean, like, th- this movie had, had everything for me. I mean, number one, I love rated R comedies, and and this movie was like a dark comedy action movie. And and I don't feel like we get very many of those. And for, for it to be a comic book movie on top of it, it's like you couldn't pick a better IP to make, like, a dark comedy, like, action-type movie than The Suicide Squad. Mm. I mean, it's built right into it. And, and from the way that this movie opens up, that, that first scene in the beach, it, it really just lays the tone for what you're gonna get into in this. And I was laughing so much at, at all the, all the ridiculous deaths in this. Um, oh my, and, and just the way it starts off with, with everybody on that team dying, <laughs> except for just two of them. Uh, I love the creative use of the title cards. Um, I felt like they just kept getting better and better. Um, the, the Jotunheim one was my favorite about how it lined yeah. up and then the camera yeah. changes angle and then it's just a bunch of random you know, garbage yeah. sticking on roofs. That was so cool. I also like the,
2: the Starro, you know, the Suicide Squad versus Starro where it looked like very Scott Pilgrimish. Yes. Mm-hmm.
5: yes. <laughs> yeah. All that creative use of that was great. Um, yeah, the gore in this movie was just off the charts, but it wasn't, it wasn't overly done or, or like done in bad taste or anything. It was, it was. I mean, it's it's weird to to refer to like gore and blood and stuff as being beautiful but it was beautifully done in this movie and um the the fact that they were able to take this and make it rated R and still have you know all these great all this great humor in it all these great heroics and then still this tremendous amount of heart and I feel like they brought heart in from like a couple of different angles. There was these really touching moments with Ratcatcher 2 and then more touching moments with Idris Elba's character that I wasn't really expecting either. Mm-hmm. And, and just seeing the way that the group kind of bonded and, and, and came together and then, you know, with the betrayal that you get towards the end. Like I totally didn't see that coming. And, and I found that just delightful. I loved John Cena's character in this. This might be the favorite, my favorite thing that I've ever seen John Cena do. And, and after just coming off of seeing him in Fast 9 when he was just so stoic and wooden in that, yeah. and then to see him in this, and it's just like, dude, this is these are the movies you should be doing.
3: Mm-hmm. Because
5: it's like his comedic timing as that character was really, really excellent. How he was deadpan, but like seemingly not in the know about how ridiculous he was, like posing the serious question about if Starfish is flying for a butthole. Could that have anything to yeah. do with him?
2: <laughs> oh, I, 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 we're going to talk about that here in a moment because uh, I've got some things to say. Yes. Well, um, um,
4: to uh, your go ahead. Um, to your point, I think that has a lot to do with with uh, James Gunn's casting too. Just he knows how to have people play to their strengths. It's kind of like Dave Batista, right? You know, like where you know he was able to find what type of role John Cena would really thrive in, you know, to the point where this guy now has his own show, you know,
1: Batista was supposed to be Peacemaker until he he? took the Zack Snyder role instead. And then the character was modified for John Cena.
2: Mm. I'm glad that they got, I want to get back to Joe here, but I'm glad that they went with Cena. Nobody, as far as like (laughs) these wrestlers turned actor have, been able to pull off the snarkiness, in my opinion, as good as Cena. The Rock is good. Don't get me wrong. And Batista is great at what he does. And I, I think he's just flourishing and getting better and better with every fucking movie, every opportunity he's given in Hollywood. I think he's just gotten better. But my god, the way Cena is just like super downright sarcastic and, and, uh, you know, calling calling people like when he calls polka dot man you know norman bates i was just like <laughs> all these fucking names that he and i love that comparison because norman bates also had mommy issues um but but i just i the snarkiness and sarcasm and the delivery of the of, and his comedic timing were just like spot on for with those insults man like that's not an easy thing to fucking do that's not an easy thing to do i and I, I think he does it better than The Rock and better than Batista, as far as like these wrestlers turned actor. That's that's a that's a gift he has. Yeah,
0: I've He's never seen a asshole.
2: <laughs> I've never seen The Rock pull off douche, yeah, quite like John Cena can. I, well, I don't think they want him to be. I don't think they want him to be super douchey, you know, in in, in, in yeah. a lot of his stuff, you know. But but yeah, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Go ahead, Joe. I'm sorry we cut you off.
5: No, that's okay. Um yeah, John Cena was great in this. I I loved the back and forth with Idris Elba throughout the whole thing. It was so much fun. Totally, totally that that um, Gimli Legolas energy. It also reminded me of Hobbs and Shaw, having just so recently seen that. And then with mm. Idris Elba also in that movie, that was just kind of a funny comparison in my yeah. head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I loved what they did with King Shark. Um, they made him such a fun character. Uh, I, I really like King Shark's version in the, the Harley Quinn animated series also, so I'm glad and he's so funny in that. And so I'm glad that they were able to make him a little bit of a comedic character in this as well. Yeah. Um, oh, just visually this movie was just beautiful. Uh the, the colors and stuff in that third act were just fantastic. Um and I've been reading some some stuff online with people bitching just, oh the third act's another big CGI battle. But it's like I don't think any of the CGI in this movie took me out. There weren't any moments where I was like, "Oh, that CGI looks clunky." And and that's something that I almost always say in DCU DCEU movies. And for for them to to really hit it where there was a lot of close-ups on King Shark, where like, yeah. you know, the texturing on his skin and everything, it just looked fantastic. Yeah. Even
2: on the, and, in the oh, in yeah. the when the rain was hitting King Shark looked fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
5: and I mean, so I'm really glad that the, the there wasn't any CGI issues for me, at least in this. I'm sure there's some picky people out there that didn't, <laughs> that, that, that thought it might have looked clunky. But I think as far as is CGI in the DCEU, I think this is probably, you know, this is this has got to be at the top. I, I don't, you know, it just everything looks so clean. It's 100% and, and it's, the best shit I've ever seen that they've done. Ever. Yeah. A hundred percent.
0: And it, it, it almost had to be right. Like, imagine if it wasn't. If Starro looked like hell and King Shard looked like shit. Oh, God. It, it yeah. It would easily take you out of the whole movie. When, and then you're it, like, I don't even care.
2: Sebastian. <laughs> just the rat. And all the yeah. rats, on too. To yeah. Sebastian, Not even the rats, like, one-on-one. But, like, when they did the the mm-hmm. the like the rat flood and the rats were the, just... like,
0: wor- World War rats. Yeah.
2: When they were just <laughs> pouring in, it was like... I mean, go ahead and watch that. And I know that this movie came out in 2013, but watch that compared to like the zombies flooding in, in World War Z. Like there's no comparison. Like this, these rats looked real. Everything here looked tactile, looked real. Even Starro. Like when Starro would lift up, lift up an arm and you saw like the fleshy insides vibrating mm-hmm. as he's spitting out those fucking li- little Starro babies that are going off to control everybody. It looked gross, but it looked amazing. You could see like the little flaps vibrating. And those things just popping out like little motherfuckers. Like I was just like, "Holy <laughs> shit, this is fucking incredible!" And the music like it the, looks fleshy. I don't know. I have, you're
0: like, it looked it like looks fleshy. Like, yes. Yeah. You're just like, "Ew, this is so fucking gross." And like, to, yeah, to make that look real and be grossed out is the achievement. Right? Yeah. Now you're like, you're making it a real thing, or you're visualizing it.
2: A hundred percent. And then like when the, when those things fucking got up on people's faces, I remember getting it on the, like like that one general's face or whatever. And you could see the little tendrils or whatever the fuck come out of those things. And it was going up his nose. So, like, that's what they were doing. Like, they were – those things would go up in the nose and they'd probably just get up in, like, the brain and take control of, like, your central nervous system and and your speech path, like, your brain and all this shit. I was just like, holy fuck. He really thought of everything here. He really did. Like, even down to, like, fanboys would come back and say, like – Uh, I can't believe that gun that Harley shot had a bullet in it. She fucking addresses it. She's like, I can't believe that gun had a bullet in it. And I'm just like, James Gunn, you know the fucking Internet. You know the fucking Internet. You didn't know it 10 years ago when you got fired for your fucking shit. But you know the Internet now. You know Internet reaction now. So, oh, my God, sir, that was fucking brilliant to just throw that line in there.
0: And, and that's that's another, like, it was so made with love. Like, you could tell, like, every piece of this script and the whole thing was just this vision that he had. And executing on all of the different pieces, it was just, like, he built that world so easily. And, yeah, all those little details really yeah. just, like, make the thing this, like, ugh this is such a jewel that you're just like, oh, I just want to watch it over and over. So it's just like so much fun.
4: Yeah, And we, and we got the whole thing all because of a tweet, right?
2: I mean, that's like, how does that- a, a string of tweets. Yes. Yes. Yeah. A bunch of tweets that people found. Here's a, okay. I want to open this up. I, I, Joe, are you done? Or can we, can we unpack this motherfucker? Let's unpack it. All right. right. All right. Okay. Here we go. First thing that I really want to talk about is Jake. I understand like you say it's campy and like, I, I think there's a lot, it is campy. It's presented very campy, but I think that there's a lot going on deeper than just like surface level stuff here. As far as like what James Gunn did in this movie, as far as like the movie it's when it starts off, it's you, you hear the, the Johnny Cash song, a Folsom prison blues. And that's a, that's a song that Johnny Cash had performed in Folsom prison for prisoners. And these prisoners are, under the rule of the pr- prison system, under the rule of the guards. And just like Task Force X here, the Suicide Squad, they're being controlled by Waller. And like Staro was being controlled by the Thinker. And then the Thinker was being controlled by the Corto Maltese government. And everyone's... And even the Freedom Fighters are trying to take control of the government. It's all about control. Like Harley Quinn at one time was controlled by the Joker and it's all about her freedom. And it's everybody trying to get like their own taste of freedom. And what I think is beautiful about this movie is, like, it's, like, at the end of the movie, you can look at Rat Catcher 2 as, like, sending the rats off as, like, oh, she's just controlling them. That's not the case at all. We saw, like, the scenes of her and her father Rat Catcher and and basically talking about how, like, they're looked at as, like, the lowest creature. And they've earned these rats loyalty. And, like, these rats were given respect and they were also give and, they, and in return they were loyal to the to Ratcatcher and Ratcatcher catcher 2 and they were given purpose and that's what that's what being free freedom gives you it gives you purpose and i thought that that was fucking beautiful uh, that was an awesome message in this fucking movie and i thought it like carried yeah, I, love it. I mean honestly
1: go ahead i was gonna say if you think about it it, it mirrors james gunn's own experience of You know what he was doing with Disney and then being free to do whatever he wants in a Warner Brothers movie like it, it almost feels like his own experience was poured into this I mean, you got to imagine he wrote this movie right after being fired by Marvel and Disney.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. And I
1: feel like thematically that, that's part of what's going on with that too. Like he, he is very much in line with all these different characters that are being controlled by someone. He too was, was being controlled and, and mandated to a degree.
2: Well, he puts that mu- message out there, um, with later in the movie, Rick Flagg's shirt, the yellow shirt that he wears when they're at the bar. Um, it shows a rabbit wearing a cape and holding a sign and the rabbit shirt says WB which stands for Warner Brothers and then the rabbit itself symbolizes Bugs Bunny who's owned by Warner Brothers and it's not Mickey Mouse so it's basically like not this is not Mickey Mouse this is not the the House of Mouse and then the cape is probably like a mixture of like you know his what the work he did on Brightburn and then Superman who's also in the DC but the sign that the rabbit is holding on that shirt when it's translated, it says obstacles are opportunities. And so that's nice. Yeah. And I think that that is, that is really, really fucking cool. Another thing that I want to point out as far as like redemption is the fact that Idris Elba for a long time felt like his character of Heimdall in the MCU was really not given a lot to work with. And I think it's so cool that James got hired this guy on to be blood sport and took advantage of like his acting ability and gave him like a meaty oh, yeah. fucking role here. And like down to like, just like, like, Oh my God. And I, I brought it up last week, but I said like that he gets in a shouting match in prison with his daughter, um, you know, uh, played by storm Reed. And that, Oh my God, that scene had people Awkwardly laughing in the theater, cause it just gets out of fucking control. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's like, fuck you. And that's, that's like, in, honestly, okay, I've seen this in the theater twice now. I wanted to see it a third time. I just didn't, I was wiped out. So I've watched it at home a couple times, but my first experience of seeing this, in the theater was when I went to St. Louis and that was a packed house and oh my God, people were just, I love that experience. I would not trade it for the world. Like the IMAX theater that I went to the second time, the crowd wasn't as kind of like pumped and it wasn't a packed house. This, But my God, the first, I feel like the first screening I went to, like everybody was getting the jokes. Everybody was getting what you're going to laugh at. Everybody got it. And uh, my God, just like like them fucking uh, yelling about, her and the dial watch and she's like it does other things too (laughs) he's like why are you i fucking i lost my shit it's just so (laughs) funny
0: and then they have this fight and then what like a few minutes later he's has like uh, a pen to her throat threatening to to hurt her over like the daughter right and so it's like even them screaming at each other and all that you can still see like the dysfunctional and love that he obviously has for her and, like, how that drives him in the movie. And um, and one thing, too, about Aegis, like, I, I was introduced and really got to experience Aegis and Luther. I'm not sure if any of y'all have seen that show. He was phenomenal on that and had so much charisma. And so I really appreciated, too, that not only did James kind of take a chance and, and kind of allow him to bring him into this world, but I also appreciated that they didn't try to just kind of retrofit a Will Smith type role into this, where it had to be kind of that comedic thing. I like that they gave Idris and, and Bloodshot his kind of his own, his own story and his own way to kind of anchor this team. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, especially considering the other movie. Right. And so I, I, I thought it was really cool. Cause I was like, Oh man, if they're going to try to do all these like weird jokes that aren't going to work with him, that'll be really awkward. So yeah. it was cool to see, uh, to see his, his role.
2: You said, you said Christ also, I want to point out, you said Bloodshot. This is not Vin Diesel. <laughs> this was this was bl- Yo, it's
0: been a hell of a <laughs> this, was, <Van> <laughs>
2: this was this is yeah or Van Dam. Or Van Dam. This is yeah, this is blood sport. No,
0: uh...
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I wanna talk about um we we see I was talking about like the control and freedom aspect and Here's the thing, a lot of people, and I saw this on Discord, and I'm in agreement, I hate animal violence. I absolutely hate it. But I hate animal violence more when it's done for humorous reasons, because I think it gives like people like this stupid kind of like idea to harm animals, like it's funny. This used the animal violence to depict certain things. And, and it's to show you that these things are bad. And like, you know, At the beginning we see, you know, the bird in the prison with Savant and, you know, that bird is basically trapped in prison with Savant and it dies. And then we see the free bird later, looks like the exact same bird, eating a piece of Savant. So, yes. so like there's this message that like, you know, if you're free, you like, you, you can, you can live longer and you're happy and you, and you feel truly free. And like, even like the, the birds in the, in the president's cage that were burned, like they were caged, they were imprisoned. And it was, it was basically showing you like, you know, being caged up and things like that. It, it, it can, it can end you. And, uh, I just thought it was, even though I hate animal violence, I'd, If if you're going to see something, see something, at least have, like, a deeper message to it. Like, the way they put it into this as opposed to just, like, the Hangover 3 when they fucking drive over an overpass and kill a giraffe. It's just, like, it's not funny to me. Or, like, blowing, you know, fucking pot smoke in a dog's face and shit and getting animals high off drugs and stuff. That shit fucking annoys the shit out of me because I think it gives people stupid ideas, you know? To, Agreed. Like, yeah, you know, I, even
0: the, I can't handle that stuff. But I, I see what you're saying with this, right? Yeah. Like you're supposed to be infuriated and like horrified, and yes. and like see these people as like, oh, you're not a good dude. Exactly.
1: <laughs> like,
3: yeah. Whoever
0: kills that, you are wow. not a, You're not necessarily the best guy here, are you? You know
1: <laughs> the the sound of those birds burning was one of the most terrifying like the audio screams. sounds I've oh. ever heard in, in oh. a movie. Like it made me so uncomfortable, and yeah, it's it what I it wanted to do.
5: Um, I like the kind yeah. of the instant karma aspect with the, the yeah. yellow bird and so on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he kills the one and then there's another one a little while later, yeah. you know, picking at his corpse.
2: Yeah. I, uh, oh, another thing I want to point out, Jake, is like when they start playing the Jim Carroll band, um, those are people who yes. died. Jake, I swear on a past episode I said that they need to play that song in a Suicide Squad movie, and it fucking I
1: happened. Think you did. I, I'm almost positive as well. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. I was like, they need to play that fucking song in a Suicide Squad movie, and I was like, okay, James Gunn must listen to our podcast. And then I was like, no, James Gunn is just smart and fucking realizes – that I'm not going to spend five hours listening to that fucking stupid-ass show. <laughs> and he's just smart enough to, like, know that, that that's a perfect song to play when they played it. Especially, like, as as the people that are working underneath Waller are fucking betting on who's going to live. Like, oh, has Savant ever worked with Harley before? Blah, blah, blah. I'm just loving it. As they're throwing 20s out and shit. Oh, my <laughs> yeah, God. yes, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. I... Actually, Waller's employees were probably my only nitpick in the entire- Oh,
2: I loved them. I lo- I love right. Steve Agee, I did- and I love that, uh, that, uh, the- the yeah. actor, um, what's her name? Holland. I thought that she was fucking fantastic. I love the lady that said, get on the satellite, Dale, you fucking dickhead! Yes. I, <laughs> I- I lost I my
0: shit. That like, that was so perfect.
2: I lost my yes. shit. I loved them. I loved ever I thought, like steve A. G. i wanted when, more when honestly. steve when yeah, steve A. G. Really said what
1: my problem was
2: so. when steve A. G said we gotta freaking kaiju up in this shit i fucking lost it i loved it <laughs> yeah it was just one and a, want, yeah, a half whoa 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 guys we're talking over each other that's the problem with having so many people on we gotta hold on what was that jake
1: yeah, I just let me nitpick about that. It just I don't know, it, like the conclusion of it just kind of bothered me. It seemed a little bit anticlimactic and unrealistic to the way like they kind of depicted Waller in the entire movie. Like it didn't seem like she was harsh enough for what had happened in the end. Like it, she just kind of like gave him the look and then looked away, and then they like got a shitty job. So I, I don't know. I just felt like somehow Waller would Waller just killed them. Either, if not killed, at least fired, and in the unemployment line. It it just felt, like, a little bit, like, a little bit too jokey for me, those characters. Now, I didn't like how it was handled in the conclusion.
2: Hmm. I don't know. I didn't really, I didn't have that same problem. I was wondering, like, why they're still there, Uh, and she looks over at them with kind of, like, this evil eye and shit. But, um, you know. Yeah,
5: they did kind of leave that hanging and kind of almost, like... I don't know if he just considered maybe it wasn't that important, or if he's just eh, the audience will figure it out. for For me, I assume that those they all kind of circled the wagons, and when she kind of regained consciousness, there were nobody admitted to who hit her when she yeah. cut her. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, she didn't know who did it first. Okay, on. yeah,
5: that makes it. Make and a I, lot and more I sense. also wondered if if they helped yeah. Bloodsport, you know, set up that that thing so that you know the the video would be released if anything happened. Yeah, that's interesting. It, yeah, maybe that's maybe that's a step too far. No, <laughs> but, but I, that, I thought that that'd yeah. be interesting well, the if movie, they were.
0: Yeah, right. Because like they were very much emphasizing like you don't fuck with kids, and so the fact that Waller was kind of like. Paying this the daughter over their heads, or they were like, "All right, enough is enough." Like,
1: yeah. it's just they're the not good kids. people either. Like earlier in the movie, they're gambling mm. about who's going to die, and then that by the true. end, it's supposed to be like this redemption where they're like, "Oh, oh, kids is the line." Now we're going to be do the heroic.
2: It's thing. their job I though. Just, they're just so deten- desensitized to it, and I'm not going to get into like other real world situations where like employees are desensitized to the people that you know they interact with, mm. but like it happens. And especially with like you know working with cold-blooded killers like you know would you be upset like if we fucking sent hitler or jeffrey dahmer out there to fucking like you know fight our wars for us if they died no like they're looking at like if weasel dies they don't give a fucking shit he killed 27 children so at the end of the day that's where i that's where i come from with that kind of shit yeah
1: yeah i mean i follow i follow it just there was the only thing that just didn't like work perfectly for me in the movie. It was those characters and what plot wise happened with them.
2: Question here. Okay. So at the beginning of the movie, you know, they sent out two different sets of, uh, task force X to this Island. And we find out that the first group was sent there as a distraction. So that the second group led by, um, I want to say led by blood sport, but he, He, he said that, you know, I'm not a leader, so I guess they really don't have a leader at that point, but they're sent there as a distraction to, so that this other group can get to Jotunheim and Blackguard was in cahoots with the army from the get go. Was that set up? Did Waller strategically plan this, that Blackguard would be in communication with the Quarto Maltese army. And she knew that this was all going to go down. Yeah, totally.
1: Yeah. 100%. She definitely knew. I mean, it was part of the plan. It was baked into the plan.
2: Oh man. She was so evil in this movie. So evil. Viola Davis is so good in this movie.
0: Yo, Viola Davis, when she was screaming at the end.
5: (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It was she was
0: like, "You motherfucker!" And I was like, "This is the best role I've ever seen. This <laughs> <laughs> is <It was laughs> amazing because you just never expect somebody like Viola Davis like outside of this movie as Wallace. Like that's Viola Davis, right? And so, like this year, in this kind of a role in a Suicide Squad movie with superheroes and people's heads blowing up is just like. Yeah, it's the coolest thing to see her again.
2: Yeah, you're not going to see fucking Meryl Streep yelling... That, not Meryl Streep. Yes, who, who exactly. is that Well, the, the, who is the big-time actor that the Guardians had? Glenn Close. Glenn Close. You're not going to see Glenn Close yelling motherfuckers at the fucking Zandarians, you know what I mean? And, like, no. that's what happened here. I, I couldn't mm. believe it. It was so fucking cool. Yeah, she was so calm
1: and calculated, and it really added to, like, just the evil mm-hmm. factor. Like, she just dripped, like, unpleasantly. It was, it was so good. Such a good performance.
2: Can we talk about scared Michael Rooker? Oh my God. (laughs) I love at the beginning of that scene, like when they finally get on the beach and he's looking around at everybody and he's saying amateurs. And then by the end of it, he's fucking like freaking the fuck out and running away and scared. And I was like, I I thought to myself, I don't think I've ever seen Michael Rooker be scared ever in anything. And this was, like, I think the first time. And, like, I was like, am I buying this? Oh, I'm buying this. This is amazing. And I fucking, I couldn't believe it. I just scared Michael Rooker's savant was just so fucking hilarious and awesome.
1: It was so smart to uh, show us, like, them actually using the device and and destroying one of the Suicide Squad early, too. Because that just really, like, opened the door for later on, like you didn't know if they really were or they really weren't like it, it, it made it very plausible that more people could have their heads exploded and just added to the tensions.
4: And they didn't want to assume that you saw the, the first one as well, you know, because that basically, uh, you know, showed them actually using the device and, you know, just while we're actually using the device in the beginning of this movie, it was just an indicator to those that didn't see the first one that, yeah, it is real. Your yeah. It is going to explode. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I loved, let's talk about some of these characters that we see on, like, that first, you know, Task Force X team. Um, TDK, the detachable kid, Nathan (laughs) Billion. Like, I absolutely lost my shit when the arms come off. And you're expecting to see, like, this amazing, (laughs) amazing, like, action sequence. Like, everybody's watching. Everybody's watching. Everybody stops what they're doing to watch this. And then all of a sudden these hands just start slowly and they're not going quickly. Like they're fucking really just slow. slow, as shit. And everybody's just watching. And then they just start to slap around, you know, people and knock their helmets off and shit. And I was just like, oh, my God, this is. And then Harley looks at Rick Flagg and she goes, what the fuck? <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I lost it when it panned over to just the arms and they were just flailing at the soldiers. I lost it. That
2: oh, and then they start shooting. shooting, they start,
0: like, what am I looking at?
2: Later when they start shooting the arms and he's on the ground, yes, 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 and he's like, ah. he's on the
5: ground. I love the way they use the what the fucks in this. Oh yeah. All, all the way to down to the one where the dude's on the balcony at the end where it's the far shot away of Star yes. busting out. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Um
2: uh we didn't get to see much of Mongal and I still don't know whether she's a god or an alien. <laughs> just the fact that she's like don't worry i got this and just jumps at the helicopter and then it fucking goes on to kill boomerang like i couldn't believe that like they took jay courtney out of this movie so quickly Um, that was shocking i love his character he was one of the most redeeming parts of that first suicide squad movie i loved Boomerang in that movie And to see him go so quickly in this one I was sad But I was just like that is so fucking James Gunn too It's like out with the old, <laughs> in with the new Let's do this shit And, and then uh, you
0: see his arm later in the boomerang like all <laughs> like, <burn>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like There he is
2: <laughs> <laughs> Javelin didn't even get to throw his javelin Before he gets shot up
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: The oh, oh, death scene
2: Oh man Oh,
1: it's like God. once you know what's going on there, it's like Waller like almost as a joke picked all those people. Like she knew she was picking a team that was going to die, so she picked like the most worthless people that she probably was never going to use on a mission anyway. Like it, yeah. it totally makes sense why Weasel and you know TDK are on that team once you know what that team is is there to do. Of course, yeah. they're going to have terrible, useless powers. Yeah. But, but what a slap! A big distraction.
2: What a slap in the face to to Rick Flagg, right? and Harley. Oh, and Harley. Harley well, fuck, she doesn't give she doesn't give a fuck about Harley. But she's yes. pretty capable though. I she know. She
1: probably just wants Harley dead, once and for all at that point. Uh, yeah.
2: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um I love Bloodsport's fear of rats. And at first <laughs> at first I was like, why is this guy afraid of rats? And then they give you this whole backstory of like you know, and he's got a similar backstory to Peacemaker, and oh, we'll talk about Peacemaker uh, much later. Uh, we'll talk about him during this, but much later, I've got—I I definitely want to be talking about this Peacemaker series coming up. But this fear of rats, apparently, like his dad, who like you know taught him with weapons and guns and and um, stuck him in a crate with hungry rats, and I can just imagine him as a kid just being freaked out and probably having to kill all these rats off before they fucking ate him and um that's where this fear came i, I just i love that whole arc of that character from like you know basically going on this mission as like not wanting to be a leader by the time it's like the end of the movie he's uh he's the leader of this team and he's fucking defying amanda waller and they're going after starro and they don't care what the repercussions are going to be if she's going to kill them it doesn't matter i love the relationship between blood sport and Ratcatcher 2 and kind of like taking on her kind of like as like looking after his daughter and thinking of her as his daughter. And I love, Oh God, I, I absolutely, I love that. Um, fucking. And then to the point where it's like, you know, uh, Sebastian is offering a leaf up to Bloodsport. He's like, why the fuck would I want a leaf? And <laughs> towards the end, like at the end, he's like, he's like petting Sebastian. And I'm just like, oh my God, I fucking, I love this. When I he, absolutely love he it. When
0: he goes and like, cuddles up on his leg and does that little like thing to like cats and, and like, dogs, yeah. and he just like, the little lay down thing. And then, yeah, he's like, God damn it. And petting him like, yeah, it's just, it's very full circle. And like, Seeing him open up and start to, like, have a purpose, right? We meet him, he's scraping gum off of a floor in a prison. Yeah, yeah. And really not feeling good about himself or the things that he does. You know, he's just like, ugh, whatever. And so to see him kind of come around and use those things, too, to, like, actually have a purpose and help people and be part of a team is him, him opening up. Yeah. Oh Aw.
5: kind of discovering that there was goodness in him.
0: yeah. You know, his yeah, his
5: daughter I, I was, saw that as well. You know, at
1: at the end, it was like it went full circle.
5: Yeah, I, and and yeah. I wasn't expecting that heartfelt punch to come from that character, and and I thought it was really deftly done how they worked that in.
2: I think I what I loved with James Gunn is like he takes time out in these movies to to give you like these moments of like of levity, like you know, like when they're all at the fucking club the the gentleman's club and they're all just Mm -hmm. fucking like drinking together and polka dot man takes a shot and and they're like no more from polka dot man and like they're Mm -hmm. all they're all laughing and we see like rick flag and and uh uh Bloodsport like you know hanging out and shit and laughing and then we see (laughs) and <laughs> we see uh Polka Dot man dancing um in there and we get to see what he I loved see that's the thing I talked about the joke the last episode I talked about the the one joke in this movie that had me literally slapping my knee and it was it was when he would see everyone as his mother it was when he finally saw Starro as his mother and no. I <laughs> I fucking, I lost my fucking shit at that. I fucking laughed so hard. I was slapping my knee at that shit. I could not stop. It was so funny
0: the slow motion of her face and she's like raw yes. destroying the buildings and stuff same like but it's, that woman's acting like face acting I was like yes this that is
2: scene is so fucking cool because like his mom worked for Star Labs she got a hold she was turning all of her kids trying to turn all of her kids into superheroes she was experimenting on them and it's super fucked up You know what I mean? We're talking
0: fun form of child abuse.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's a that's That's a a very fun new
0: one. Well, like you know, do science experiments on my children. When he
2: starts, when he starts yelling, I'm a superhero, and then I was just like, yes. (laughs) And then even honestly, when he died, I I I literally gasped in the theater. But it like it came around because at the beginning of the movie, you know, he's like, you know hoping that he was going to die on this mission. So he got his wish. It was like, it was like yeah.
0: he's, he's, I'm sure I didn't think about that. You
2: got to think like this guy, you know, <laughs> finally gets put out of his fucking misery. You know, every day he's got to expel this interdimensional virus. These polka dots twice a day. He's fucking constantly haunted by his mother. That's all he sees. When we get the group shot and he's looking at them. If you look at Sebastian, Sebastian <laughs> has glasses on. Sebastian yeah. looks oh, like his I'm fucking right mom. Right no. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, his death was
1: really emotional. His seeing Ratcatcher 2, like, over his clothes, yeah. and, like, that part really hit me as well. And it was also just such a great, another great leadership moment for, for Bloodsport. Like, he knew how to use his team to their fullest and what he needed to do to motivate Polka-Dot Man at the end. To and King Shark. Set. King yeah. Shark, like, he, num-num. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, you know, at first he thought, what the hell are these wild and wacky things going to do? Like, I have, they're useless. And then he figured out the use for everyone by that third act.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, I got a yeah. question for everybody. Oh, go ahead, Tristan.
4: No, well, I found it interesting that the, uh, the actor, the polka dot man actor, um, suffers from vitiligo. And James Gunn didn't even know that. So basically, he actually has a disease where he has spots all over him. And he's, you know, he had to deal with that his entire life.
2: Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. I got a question for you guys. Did the thinker have sex with Starro? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> for the sure. The visual, I, I will never forgive you for the visual you just put in my mind. That is
2: <laughs> It's hinted at in the movie. I know it's I hinted know, know. at in the movie. He's there's a point where when they first are like going into Jotunheim and they are seeing the people that have the starro babies on their face and they're talking, they say 30 years he's had us here, tortured, uh, tortured me, had his way with me. And then he gives this oh. smirk. He fucked that fucking starfish Yo. alien.
0: It's, it's <laughs> almost like it sounds inspired by that guy who was like in love with that dolphin. But like with Starro with the next level. Oh my god, that is <clears throat> there's so many yeah. horrifying things in this movie. Well, like
2: there's a well, there's a point in this movie where Ratcatcher 2 says, How would you like for me to summon a dozen rats to go up your ass? And yeah. yes, he said yes, yes. he says basically like you'd be surprised what I'd be into. Like, you know, he <laughs> like I forgot
0: about that? <laughs> well
2: we fucking find that. the guy at a gentleman's club. This guy's a freak right oh, i mean whoa. this guy's totally in he's a freak like he totally fucked starro he 100 percent fucked this thing and, and that's another thing that's like under control this entire movie is starro mm-hmm. and it's it's tragic it's tragic it's at the end
0: wanting to break free it was just captured and then that's the taken thing in prisoner
2: i think yeah. honestly i think like if the government saw something like that some kind of like uh, like Inanimate thing Out in space That looked like an alien They would take possession of it Like Like it has no feelings And that's what happens here And So this thing's been tortured For 30 fucking years And by the time it gets out It's just like You know what The only experience I've had With humans Is them trying to control me um, Fucking You know Experimenting on me For 30 years And then sticking their dick in me So I am going to Fucking control I'm just gonna wipe everybody out Like 30 years of this understandable and yeah, yeah. you can't blame it. Well at the end Very of the movie At the end of the movie he says like, you know, I was happy floating in space and watching the stars. You know, and uh, that I made me so
1: it. sad for Starro. I was right? like, I can't believe I'm sad for Starro now. He didn't even <laughs> exactly. want to part of this.
0: Damn it, James Gunn. <laughs> it. You made me feel things this
5: far. Yeah, how are we gonna feel compassion for this big giant starfish, you know, this and, yeah, but what a simple line to do it. You know, I was happy floating looking yeah. at the stars. And it's like, oh, man. Yeah. And that's, like, a really astute point, too, that, like, the the only thing that, that Starro has known from humans is, you know, violence and, and, and torture and pain.
2: Right. Yeah. And so, like, that's, you know, like, fuck that. I'm not going through that shit again. So I'm just, I'm, not, I'm free, and I'm going to wipe them all out because I don't know what they're going to do to me. And... Oh, did you know uh the the gentleman's club that they went to? It was called La Gatita, uh, La Gatita Amable, and that stands for the kind kitten. <laughs> so I just thought I'd let everybody know that. But, um, oh, another scene uh, that I absolutely loved was when they were going over. Oh, yeah. So I was saying about the uh, when John Cena talks about the starfish being a butthole. He was kind of right because fucking the thinker fucked it. So anyway, um, I loved when they were going through like their, you know, their debriefing before they went on their mission and they fucking (laughs) wrecked her. Her question is like, what's that? And it's a fucking one of those overhead projectors. And she's like, do you use it? And she's like, why don't you throw it away? I'm just like, oh my god. Like, it's just like, it's like one of those things where, you know, most movies would just kind of like take this serious route. Like, this is like, this is the mission we're going to go on. And now we've got, and I thought like maybe we'd seen all the best jokes out of that. Cause like in the trailer, you see like King Shark going, and, and you're just like, okay, yeah, haha. It was funny. It was funny. But, like, how many times is that going to be funny when you see the movie finally? And then we get this overhead projector shit, and I'm just, like, dying. I'm just loving this.
1: Uh, the overhead projector stuff killed me. How fast Waller moved on from the question <laughs> once she asked, like, why they don't throw it away, I thought it was just great comedic <laughs> <comedy>. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. Uh, what a great joke.
0: Yeah, love- it was nice, too, that the trailers didn't give away a lot of, like, all of the jokes and all of the all oh, the points like it was nice to like see some fresh stuff I was a little worried like we were gonna see some of the good stuff most of the good stuff so it was really refreshing to still have pieces that were like oh that's a good one when you've I got a James Gunn. when
2: you've got an R rated comedy made by James Gunn, you're not gonna get to see any everything unless you're watching maybe a, a red band trailer and this like held on to so much, like the fact that they fucking went in with guns ablazing, fucking flamethrowers, and fucking peacemaker going around killing like these freedom fighters. And we find oh, out that no. these these no. are the these are the good people. These are the good people, and they oh, killed them. No. John Cena when he was just walking by and 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 just fucking brutally stabbing that guy so quickly that was laying down. Yep.
5: <laughs> yeah,
2: it was just like. It's like with that axe
5: like six times like it's nothing.
2: And I couldn't believe all the people that didn't see the guy walk out with a cup of coffee and his dick hanging out. (laughs) so i i posted online that it had full frontal nudity and i had somebody saying no it didn't i guess you get i guess you saw weasel's cock and i'm like what are you talking weasel's dick what are you talking about (laughs) no there was a guy that walked out holding a cup of coffee that had no fucking pants on his dick was all hanging out like it was an episode of game of thrones what the fuck are you talking about bro (laughs) <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. And they showed it twice. They like, cut back to it when he got killed and it was still just flopping around. Yeah. Shot. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Did you guys notice that they took off the rotten tattoo on uh on Harley's face? It's gone. Yeah. It was in the It, it she also
4: uh, Yeah, she she lost the tattoo and she also acquired the Brooklyn accent, too.
2: I thought she always had that. I don't think it was very prominent in the previous ones. I felt like maybe it wasn't as, you know, uh, pronounced in, in the other ones, but I felt like she always had it.
5: She totally had it in Birds of Prey. Yeah. Like, I'm, just, I'm, I'm kind of picturing that scene in my mind where she's, like, going on about the egg sandwich. Yeah. You know what? It
4: might have been Perfect Birds of Prey, but, but I know yeah. the first Suicide Squad, I know that was the complaint that she got was that it was in Brooklyn.
5: Yeah, yeah, she she definitely didn't do it in the first one, but, I mean, Uh who's going to go back and revisit that? Also, I mean,
1: there's a a line in here where
0: she
5: does not David Ayer,
0: surprise.
1: She does her Brooklyn accent thicker just to make a joke, but I think she's in on that joke, Mm. where she's talking about how she doesn't have any accent. I think Mm
0: -hmm.
1: she knows what she's doing there by... Laying on the Brooklyn accent a bit thicker than normal.
2: I also wanted to oh. point out that the, uh, the tattoo that said, that used to say property of Joker, that's on her, uh, left shoulder blade, I would, th- I-, I think it's her sh- left shoulder blade. It now says property of no one.
1: Hmm. Oh, nice. That I did notice. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh God. Uh, uh, last week I kept raving about how this movie was super cool. And uh, I wanted to go over what I felt like was, you know, like the super coolest moment in this fucking movie was the whole setup, the whole setup of how Bloodsport is in Jotunheim and the floor is falling below him and he keeps crashing from level to level to level and finally ends up on the same level as Peacemaker as he's got the gun to Ratcatcher 2 and they're looking at each other face to face like this is where the dick measuring contest finally comes to a head and that was just the fucking... Coolest setup, cause it's like the whole eight minutes earlier thing. You go back eight minutes. Yeah. And then they catch you up to where everybody is now. And now these two, it's like the face off, the showdown. And then it hit the, the bullet. And I knew when he shot the bullet, I knew when he shot the bullet that it was going to go inside the other one. I, I remembered that line from earlier and it felt like in my first screening, nobody understood what was going on here in this moment. And I was like, Oh my God. I'm like the only one going, Oh my God. It's happening. It's happening. And I knew exactly what was going to happen. It was going to go through that bullet and then go through him. And he, and I loved it. He's like smaller bullets. That was just the most super cool James Gunn thing ever in this fucking movie. Like, that that whole scene just like it just made idris elba look so fucking cool oh my god i was like i think i came in my seat it was so fucking cool
0: yes because yes. he, he is so cool and he pulls that stuff off so well and like i have that in my notes as well just like how clever that was yeah to to have the the it like break his falls so you're like you believe it right you're like he survived that and he's so badass that he gets down there does the thing uh, yeah, I ha- that it, it was a super cool moment for
4: me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When and all also an in interview were... where he was talking about... Oh, go ahead, Joe. Oh, I
5: was, was going to say, quick, when when all those things were falling and then stacking on top of each other and then it switched back to John Cena pointing the gun, I was like, oh my God, is it just going to drop down and just crush him? And then when he actually fell across the room uh... and then they had the shootout, I was like, oh, visually, that's so much better. But It would have been a good gag if it, if it would have just crushed him on the spot. <laughs>
4: yeah and i thought that the the visual look of that whole sequence the whole floor crashing down thing i thought looked really good and and then i found out that it was a practical effect you know mixed with cgi wow it wasn't just like a cgi um you just like he actually was falling down on hydraulics
2: wow that is so awesome
4: oh That's my awesome. god awesome yeah, I guess the sets were ridiculous for
1: this, for this movie. I've seen a lot of cast interviews where they talked about how the sets were just very immersive, and there's a lot more practical stuff going on than you'd realize, that they were just really expansive. They spent a lot of money on set design.
2: Jesus. I love... Oh, God.
0: Yes, and and for me, for me, the standout scene was the build-up to breaking Harley out, and then her going through her, like, breakout guns flowers blood and oh, all of that was like so fucking cool too well the like-
2: f- the flowers and the cartoon the cartoon flowers and the birds and stuff like we're finally seeing like what harley sees in her mm-hmm. mind like that's yeah. what we're seeing yeah. but that like yeah. last week when i talked about this i was i told you in my opinion this is the best harley quinn action scene yes. i've ever seen and yeah. Yeah. hands down it was like
0: it felt like a comic yeah. book again, right? Like it felt like that just like super hyper artistic, right. but it, it didn't, it didn't look like Scott Pilgrim in a way where it kind of like took, it, it made it go full comic book or like full kind of like video game. This was like a perfect marrying of the two where you were like, yeah. this is hyper realistic. This is insane, but it's, it's just so fucking cool. I've never quite seen anything like this. I've never seen Harley quite like this. And so I completely agree. Yeah. Like it took all of the cool pieces from both of those like uh, those movies and really just like amped it up and gave her her time to shine. Like when she shot that dude,
2: Oh my God. When (laughs) And that's the (laughs) thing. That's I love that. I like, that's the thing. It's like, I kept thinking to myself, like, okay, Harley Quinn just had sex with this guy oh, my God, the Internet's going to fucking go nuts and be like, oh, my God. No, like she chose to have sex with this guy. And then also she saw a red flag and she chose to kill that mm-hmm. motherfucker. And I thought oh, that man. James Gunn handled that so fucking well. I think yeah, and like, she was and like a praying like
0: explained it afterwards of like this is why i did this i'm not fucking around with this anymore
2: (laughs) well it's almost it it felt like to me when she did that there were two things going on here it was like yes like this is the new harley quinn that's not going to be controlled and she fucking saw a red flag she fucking shot this guy and this is also james gunn fucking shooting everybody else that was going to be bitching about her having sex with this guy oh that she's only being used as a sex object blah 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 no she fucking chose to have sex with that guy and then she fucking she chose to fucking end it the Mm -hmm. way she did everything that happened in that scene happened because harley wanted it to happen and it was fucking awesome yes it was awesome the whole
0: time she had agency of what was going on and then later when they tried to take it from her again she still overcame that and and took care of them all right like how cool it's like another kind of escape uh full circle kind of like Uh, freedom
2: how many how many metahumans arrived with you
1: 69 (laughs) i love love, my favorite part about that scene was her monologue after she shot the guy and at one point she's like you need to stop yelling at me and i tell you like the guy's like dying in front of her and it, it, it almost makes her a little bit like scary and psychotic on that side where she's like you know in her head, this guy is still screaming at her and trying to control her even though he's dying right now. Well, she's
2: thinking about the Joker because she's basically saying, like, you know, it'll get to the point. I've been in relationships like this before to where, like, you know, one moment you're fucking uh, killing my dogs and, ten- and then making fun of the music that I listen to and blah, blah, blah. Like, she's replaying her pla- past relationship in her head and she's saying, I'm better than this. I'm better than this. And, like, I thought it was so fucking handled so well yeah it, it was amazing like,
0: it's like a Harley version of a hero moment too in a way right where she's like I know this person is evil also but still playing out that thing but ultimately yeah this dude was gonna like straight up control like women children whatever and like do the same thing as everybody else was and she was like I'm gonna stop this cycle I'm not gonna let this keep happening like uh-huh. I'm gonna take care of this right now she's seeing all the flowers yeah.
2: and all this stuff all this fucking like you know, all these flowers it's beautiful it looks gorgeous on the screen do you think that she's going to have that same moment in a future movie when she sees um Poison Ivy eventually? It's going to happen, guys.
0: Oh, I would love that. Oh my mm-hmm. heart. <laughs> oh my heart.
2: I'm telling you, oh, like I think when that I th- get
0: that in real life, it's like cuz that show, that was one of the like most beautiful like relationship, growth, friendship things that I've I've seen in any of these like superhero things. So if I get that, if and when I get that in real life, I don't even know. My body might explode. You're, tot- like you're, just- you're totally like vibrating.
2: You're totally going to get it, Ashley. It's totally. Imagine
0: it being, <laughs> and I'm imagine gonna- it being
1: combined <sighs> with all the leaves and plants and stuff that oh poison my ivy God. is growing. Oh. Right
0: next
2: Jake, I don't even know. I I under, I, I don't even know if she's going to see those other flowers. I think she's just going to see poison ivy. And she's just going to relate that with like, you're the you're the person I've been dreaming of. You know?
1: Yeah. It's it's a great foreshadowing yeah. of that. And it, it does make me really excited for what they're. Because, oh my gosh, Poison Ivy. I mean, I understand they didn't have the special effects abilities back when they did it the first time with Uma Thurman. Yeah. But it's going to be a whole new bag of tricks oh. the next time we oh, see that totally. character and the, the special effects and the floral and the growth. Like, oh, you cannot visually waste that power or you're an idiot.
0: No. And especially now no, that you have no. something like the series where you can you can show that you can tell these stories a little bit differently and still be adult and sophisticated but really uh really, really cool and some even some of like the the finales and stuff where it was like her growing really big and doing all that cool stuff, it's like this is these are some of the things we could do, and like considering how well they did a staro, like I can only oh, imagine yeah. what that's gonna look like. Yeah. I' be going full ivy. What would you What would you think of,
2: who would you want as Ivy? Who would you think of, Je- what would you think of Jessica Chastain as uh, Poison Ivy?
0: Mm.
1: Ooh,
2: that's decent. She almost seems too old at this point. Oh, Jake. Ouch. Ouch. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know.
0: For, for me, it's not, it's not an age. It's almost a, an aura. she doesn't, she doesn't have that something that I would be like, yes, you are perfect. If I have to have a perfect casting, oh my gosh, who would it be?
2: Wow. I don't think this. Yeah, that's a tough one, isn't it? Who's gonna be the next, who's gonna be the next poison ivy? That's a tough one. It's a tough one. Um, <laughs> let's see here. I, uh, Waller, what a bitch. Oh my god, oh my god. She just wants to cover up the US involvement in the uh, Jotunheim Starro project at the end of the day. And I could, I just, uh, that's what like sets like this whole thing in motion. Between, um, <laughs> between John Cena's Peacemaker and Bloodsport, and and Rick and the, and Rick Flagg, like the whole thing with Rick Flagg. And what's fucking crazy is like we saw like all three of these guys kind of like broing out and hanging out. You know, having like this bonding moment at the gentleman's club, drinking together and like how everything just kind of falls apart. You know, uh, Peacemaker shows up there when he's not supposed to be, he's supposed to be planting bombs with, with, uh, King Shark. King Shark like looks around and doesn't see Peacemaker anymore. He's like, okay, where did everybody go? And then he just starts wandering around. <laughs> that, that made me he, be sad.
0: Yeah. And then fucking Peacemaker just shows up like Home Alone. It's like, wait, where did everybody
2: Oh, what made me sad is when they were they were all in the fucking when they were all in the club and he couldn't go in there and he was sitting in the back of that fucking van. Oh,
1: that
5: made me sad too.
2: Poor but I lost—I lost my shit when he wanted to like go in there with the fake mustache.
5: Yes, I love the fake mustache. <laughs> and, and she's like, and then with him
2: holding his finger under his yes, under his nose. And then like, and then when he, and then and then she's like, you want to you want to put on a disguise, and he says, see. And I was just like, Aww. oh, my, and they're like, he's trying to learn Spanish. He's it's, oh, it's so- oh, my God.
1: King shark is the goodest boy. Oh, my God. Yeah.
5: <laughs> as long as you're his
2: friend. Right. Oh, my God. Yeah, when exactly. he when he bites dude's fucking head off and his eyes are still moving in his mouth. I loved that, I loved that It made me think
1: of the old Exorcist movie I think it was Exorcist 3 Where they always talk about how you have that Six seconds that your head can move around yeah. You get decapitated <laughs> So you, the last sight you see is your own body Without a head on it So I was like, okay, okay, I'm buying
2: this. Well, I, well just movie. And like in, in fucking Predator When fucking uh, Apollo Creed Fucking When his fucking arm gets shot off And it's still pulling the trigger Yeah <laughs> Dude, that's sh- a great example. Yeah, that shit. Back. That shit. Oh, dude, that scene's fucking amazing. That scene's. Carl Weathers gets his arm fucking shot off. The thing's on the goddamn ground, and he's still pulling the trigger with his arm on the ground. I was just like, oh my god.
1: I love it. I love it. I love that like the initial scene where they lay down to rest near the beginning of the movie and they kind of have that first bonding moment with King Shark and re- when he tries to eat Ratcatcher and yeah. you know she explains <laughs> to him that you wouldn't do that to your friends and yes. he's never had a friend. It's like the beginning of king shark being the goodest boy and feeling so sorry for him the whole movie
2: <laughs> dude i love how she's just sleepy the entire movie <laughs> like when we first we when we first meet her man she's like asleep and doesn't want to get up in the in the prison cell oh go ahead joe go ahead joe you were saying something
5: oh yeah i love that bit when when she was always sleepy like that and then um i mean there's levels of grossness to this, but that's the flashback scene where her and her dad were cold and all the rats were cuddled up around them.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that see, he, here's the thing. I went in my I can't, I can't do it anymore. But in my in my late twenties, I had pet rats. I had a bunch of pet rats, and I loved them. They I had two that were like. Super fun and outgoing. They loved humans. Um, And I, I named my rats after Bulls players at the time. So I had Eddie and Chandler named after Eddie Curry and Tyson Chandler. Yeah, I know they didn't pan out that well. Tyson a little bit better than the other guy. I get it, guys. Don't get on my ass about that shit.
0: That's- I was like, which one is Rodney?
2: But no, no, this is this is, po- <laughs> this is post, you know, Chicago Bulls dominance. But I had two rats, and they were so lovable. Uh, if you get domesticated rats, some of them can be so lovable. I had one named Chandler, and he would pull my finger into the cage, and he would, like, he would lick it. And uh, another one, Eddie, who, when he would see me, he would jump up and down and get so excited to see me. And so... I love, I love the rats in this and I absolutely like, this movie is so special to me, especially at the end when they take like what people think are just so disgusting, like people are grossed out by their tails. Basically you take a tail off of a rat, you got a gerbil and people love those. It's just the fucking tails freak people out. And so. And no, I'm not talking about New York City street pizza eating rats here <laughs> people. Rats. I'm talking about I'm talking about domesticated rats. They can not, be Not the mutants. Right. I can be not a Master Splinter. I can Yeah, rats can be very sweet, tender creatures. And so to see the rats be the ones at the end of this movie uh take down Starro from Ratcatcher 2 and I fucking I loved it so much. It almost brought a tear to my fucking eye. Yeah. How much you I know loved what?
0: it. It's it's where you take something that you don't think about, like oh, rats, like what kind of power is that? Like what could they do? But then, like when when they're like oh, the security cameras, and she's like oh, on it, and they're all like they can disconnect mm-hmm. you know, the cameras. Like they're the perfect little, and they're horrifying again. If you get a whole bunch of them, like even King Shark, yeah. who was like devouring whole men, was uh, could be like overwhelmed by like little creatures like that. And so like it it, it shows it shows their power to together and they have their own redemption right well like, think about
2: how many rats there are think about how many rats yeah. there are you know like in a city or like like this you know and like think about how many rats there are in new york think about how many rats there are in, in certain cities and how we just think of them as pests but this one man who like it's tragic too what happens to rat catcher he's like I think he's mm-hmm. like a, a it's crazy because he's like he's like the heroin addict with a heart of gold because like he ha he's like a really good fucking dad, but he also uh, unfortunately loves heroin but uh which sucks but anyway um think about like what they did to like something that people think is not beautiful they think that the mm-hmm. rats are lowly and they're ugly and like they've earned the love of these rats and like their respect and they've also learned their loyalty to where like at the end like these people in this city look at these rats as like a pest and now all of a sudden the rats are their savior and I I, I kind of fucking loved it and I thought it was beautiful I absolutely loved it even down to like you know everybody wanting like this this freedom and it felt like, it felt like the rats, the lowest of the low, is like what pulled everybody out of like this whole thing. I just, man, I I, I couldn't get enough of that. Like nobody's going to do that right. except for James like, Gunn.
0: Like think about it too. That they have this army and they all have are like you know machine guns and all the stuff, and they couldn't stop this thing. But these like rats that you wouldn't think twice about are able to come together and like actually take down this thing and actually like they're the ones who who win in the end and like defeat this creature
2: are we like, gonna are we gonna be is that the thing are we gonna be hearing people saying like why didn't she just do this sooner with the rats why didn't the rats take out everything
0: honestly i had a moment not of the rats but with polka dot man i'm like why does a polka dot man just blast it in the eye like go for the head slash go for the eye annihilate it put a hole through it and then we can all go home
2: <laughs>
1: like, I maybe, he just, maybe he just only has so much velocity that he can shoot those things at maybe he- well he ah, says okay. he's gotta
2: he's gotta expel them twice a day so like can he produce them at i don't know if he can produce them at will like spider-man's webs or something yeah i think yeah, he only has like, so I many of them them up, i
0: have to let it build okay
2: i don't think he can yeah. let it build or he would die
0: Right. Uh, Do you know yeah, why? Can we talk about his face? The way they made his face look when <laughs> he was like bulging. Yes, that was so gross and cool.
2: Is that <laughs> me. at the end of the movie when you're watching the credits? There is a credit to the Toxic Avenger. Is that the credit? Because his face looks like the Toxic Avenger in that moment. Yeah. Is that – because oh, they – they, they of that. in the credits, they – you know, I know Lloyd Kaufman's in the movie, but they don't have to credit the Toxic Avenger just because they placed Lloyd Kaufman in the movie. He's done a lot of other trauma films. But the, the fact that the design of his face looks so familiar to fans of the Toxic Avenger, he looked – Like the Toxic Avenger when his face was bulging like that. It looked like if you take the picture of the Toxic Avenger and put it side by side with his bulging fucking polka dot face, they looked very similar. And I think maybe that's where the credit comes from.
1: Yeah, I could see it. He had the same like bulges above his eyes and the yeah. folds in his cheek and yeah, it very much looked like that design.
2: Because like, they were like, you know, they, they, they credit the Toxic Avenger and I was like, they didn't use any footage here. Like there was no footage from the Toxic Avenger film used in this movie. It's not like we went into like, you know, Amanda Waller's like war room and we saw Steve Agee's character uh, watching the toxic Avenger on a screen like that never happened. So like the only thing I can think of is what we just discussed. The fight, the fight between Rick flag and John Cena. That was like basically brought on by Amanda Waller sending Peacemaker after them. Oh, she was such a fucking evil woman in this movie. She was so good but that, that helmet shot the helmet awesome. shot that's what I'm talking about that's what I'm getting to the helmet shot was one of the coolest things I've ever fucking seen in a movie
1: yeah I loved it I, I thought he did a lot of really cool stuff with reflection even the first scene of the movie is the reflection of uh, savant with the ball like you know it hands up to him and i thought the helmet was just another great example of well, reflection used well in this movie
2: the windows in the bus as they're driving to the gentleman's club and we're getting the backstory of rat catcher you know mm-hmm. like like mm-hmm. we see taika watiti and all this stuff and uh, yeah that, that's another thing where he uses windows as kind of like a, a, a you know as 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 a way to tell a story from the past here in this movie which i thought was cool
1: yeah, really fucking awesome. Like it's just you don't like it's almost a Spielbergian thing where you just don't see it anymore with reflection being used to like make stuff even more intense. Yeah, it just brings that extra level of realism to it when it's something so fantastic and like you know these costumes are ridiculous, but when you like real world mirror it off of a surface and you're seeing it, it just gives it that mm-hmm. extra level of gravitas and makes it even seem more serious.
2: When Rick Fat Flag is uh Rick Flag is killed and we see the piece of like porcelain tile being pierced into his chest and then like we get like the inner look inside of his body and we actually see the heart and shit mm. like that like i've always had like uh, uh, i've always been kind of like grossed out by like the sound of like uh like a like a heartbeat like as it's dying, you know, it's always kind of like, like, ugh. even listening to my own heartbeat kind of like grosses me out. And then like to see like his heart still trying to pump as it's been pierced and, and then seeing that look, that visual, I was just like, oh my God. And then I loved when he said he was like a peacemaker and he's like, bullshit
1: yeah yeah no, what a, a what a fucking joke what
2: a joke yeah oh my god yeah. so good. yeah
0: i i definitely thought of mortal kombat when they like showed yeah, the inside too. like slow motion
2: <laughs> oh totally like, right.
0: mortal kombat fatality <laughs> Like no <wear> flag.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah do you think they did that just to like really submit and drive the fact home that that character was dead
2: yeah i do
1: like yeah. that way you, you you didn't think like, you know, other characters no. you find out later or weren't dead, but you you just know Rick Flagg. Like there's no question. Like we saw his fucking heart. Yeah. That's
2: final Tom. Yeah. Yeah. I love the fact that, that James Gunn pulled Rick Flagg from the original movie and was like, you know what, I wanna work with Joel Kinnaman. like Oh, and he upgraded him too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, well he hold on. Give a shit about him in the first he one. totally upgraded. I, and I liked Rick Flagg in the first movie. I, you know, I really, I, I liked the three characters I liked from the first. I did like Will Smith in the first movie, but he's, he pales in comparison to what we got from Bloodsport. I loved Rick Flagg and I loved uh, Captain Boomerang, but man, I loved Rick Flagg so much in this fucking movie. So awesome. But man, just you know, and I've loved him on For All Mankind on Apple TV Plus, and it's just so cool to see like you know James Gunn working with this dude.
5: Yeah, that was the death in this movie that really hit me the hardest, and and it is also the one that shocked me. I was like, wow, I, I James Gunn got me to a point where I care about the death of Rick Flagg. That's that's really something.
1: Who? It- yeah, same. I was <laughs> blown away that he he got killed.
2: <laughs> Who made Sebastian's little coat? i don't know maybe her dad that would be cool Uh, the sad thing about rats and this is why i don't own them anymore why i don't have them as pets anymore jake is they only live two years and maybe three to four years max and so i
1: couldn't do it that that makes me sad just hearing it i had
2: um my two favorite rats were eddie and chandler and eddie When they, when they're dying, they get, their bodies get real cold and you know that they're going. And, um, Eddie was like, I held him in my arms as he died and I could feel his heart. And, uh, I just kept saying, I love you. I know people are gonna think I'm crazy for oh. saying this, but I was like, I love you, Eddie. I love yeah. you. Like, he knew I no, loved you. I that's him. so sweet. It I mean, fucking, can't yeah, I can't. I, I don't, can't. I don't when think that's Anna, crazy at all. I mean, no. <laughs> no I mean, people are gonna be, no, there's gonna be people, oh, ew, a rat, ew, a rat. I, whatever, whatever. Like, I loved this rat with all my heart, and this rat died in my arms, and it fucking, I. it oh. broke me. It was the saddest thing. And so, like, this movie, like, I am, I, like, I really emotionally attached to this movie more so than like guardians with the raccoon and mm-hmm. stuff like that I, I because i love rats and i love sebastian in this movie so much from the point when he was ra- waving and offering a leaf i kept thinking about like my rats that i had eddie and chandler and how much i loved them Dude, but um, i got
1: so scared for sebastian at one point like you're so invested in sebastian's well-being that when they you see him swimming inside a star i was like
0: Oh man, Sebastian's yeah. in there. I hope yeah, that's right. Out. right. Yes, because okay, because like, <laughs> they like pan to her and she's got like tears in her eyes and she's like looking and you're like, no, no, Sebastian, don't do it. But <laughs> leave them in there and get out of there. And then yeah, he's fine, thank God. Like I yeah, I hope was having a moment too. Like you can't. <laughs> Listen, you can take Captain Boomerang, and you can take You cannot take Sebastian.
1: <laughs> yeah, they don't need you, Sebastian. There's enough rats. What are you doing in there? <laughs> exactly, buddy. you Just
3: go lead them. You don't, do you don't have to do
2: it. What a brave rat. Can we talk That's about how bright. amazing Peter Capaldi was as the thinker? Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, God.
1: So scummy and so gross. Yeah. <laughs>
5: <laughs>
2: Joe, it feels like you really like this character as well.
5: You know, I've, I'm not... I don't have a, uh, in, like really any history with Doctor Who, but I knew that that's where he's from because I have so many friends that are into Doctor Who, and so this was really my first big experience with him. And mm-hmm. on the second time watching it through, I actually said out loud, "I was like, wow, this guy is a really great actor. Mm-hmm. I can see why so many people loved him as Doctor Who. I mean, he must have been amazing in that because I mean, he really pulled this off great. Where you know he had to play this multi-dimensional character, and I loved that they gave him the quirk." That he was a bit of a pervert too. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> and, he, and he nailed that. He nailed that creepiness. But he had to walk this line of you know being this you know really smart scientist, but then also just having this like real hard edge look at what life is and and what the reality of this situation and his role in it, and you know basically him. Viewing the whole thing as everything was going fine, and then some run of the mill fucking military coup comes in here and fucks everything up and and that's really the thing he's more upset about and then when you really look under the surface of like just how horrible the work that he's carrying on and his passion about that he's doing, yeah. And, you know, it, yeah, very, very multifaceted character that, that he was able to breathe a lot of very interesting life into.
2: It makes me want to watch that eighth season of, uh, hmm. of, I think it's season eight is when he starts over, when he starts as the twelfth doctor. Cause like, you know, I went, I went, I went through Eccleston, I went through Tennant, and then I went through Matt Smith, and then I started the first episode of, you know, The New Doctor with P- Peter Capaldi, and I was, after that first episode, I was like, I just never got back to it. And now this, like after watching this, I'm just like, maybe I should jump back in and maybe I should give this 12th Doctor a shot, you know, because uh, that's kind of like when I dropped off and I, I loved him in this movie. He looked, he looked ridiculous. He looked so ridiculous, but he was awesome. And then
0: he kept like, like when they showed him back in time, he only had a couple of the nodes and they would grow over time. And I was like, that is so great. And like, uh, a scene I, I really appreciated too is like once they, once they get into, uh, Jotunheim and they're down there, right? And he's, he's like this, this sorrow and he's looking at them and he's just so proud and he has this like gross, like, gleam about him and that scientist way of like, look at what I did look at my creations. And then the juxtaposition of all of them just horrified, mm-hmm. like looking at these people. And then ugh, and it, it really culminates then when they get to where they see like the half dude that's still alive and has the sorrow on him and the other one has a face.
3: Yeah. And it's oh.
0: like, you're like, what the actual fuck dude? Yeah. Like, th- yeah. This is like fuck level. Like he's just like, yeah, look at all this cool stuff that I'm doing. And it, you're just like, whoa.
2: <laughs> Did none of the soldiers here, Ratcatcher 2, yell, cover your fucking face? Like, because... Not a single one of them.
0: Right. They were like, maybe... <laughs> she well, didn't she yell She said it in Spanish. English. Exactly. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
0: I was like, I thought the same thing. I was like, why is the only ones without a star on their face?
2: But I... I oh, God. I, I love the fact that fucking Bloodsport didn't cover his face and he was just using his gun to fucking shoot those things down like he was skeet shooting dude yeah, Man, it
5: looked like he was shooting trap <laughs> dude
2: <laughs> dude his guns the way that he would just take different pieces of them and then fucking yes. build like this voltron gun that he had at the end that was fucking like <laughs> spinning around i was oh. just like i i loved it i absolutely loved it and um even down oh,
0: grapples. to grapples his grapples too like him grappling around and like he's so cool yeah this is so cool
1: yeah the weapons were awesome I love the slingshot like things that he was doing
2: on his arm too oh my god I love the fact that they took a page out of the the Guardians of the Galaxy the Star-Lord mask and like basically gave the same tech to his mask in this
5: movie Yeah, I love Mm -hmm. that. That scene where he pulls it off and you can see the thing minimizing. Yes,
2: yes. Like, And I know that there's been articles written about how that's not possible, and I don't give a fuck. It was awesome.
5: <laughs> literally next to a giant walking shark. Exactly. Of everything they're going <laughs> to say, oh, Ro. that's not possible. Like, sure. Sharks totally.
0: Next to TDK. Sure.
3: Yeah, TDK? <laughs> sure,
0: guys. Sure. We're talking realism here. Absolutely. Totally.
5: <laughs> I, lo- I loved also a TDK when his arms popped off. It looked like an 80s action figure when you'd pop those arms off. Yes. Like yes. But did you, you know? notice that you can literally see the bone and, like,
2: the muscle tissue within?
1: The yeah, middle. yeah, oh, it was man. almost gross. Like it, Joe's right, I had that action. It looked like when you pulled the arms off a of He-Man.
2: Yeah, you, you can see that
1: like that ball joint. Yeah, gross. yeah,
5: but I'd imagine that's exactly what. I mean, that top arm in your or that top bone in your arm was that like, your humerus. I'd, I'd imagine that that probably yes. does look like it that is a ball joint. That ball joint. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How gross. <laughs>
0: Just got really mad at with action figures right now, because <laughs> same thing for legs and hip joints, a lot. a lot. Oh my god!
1: Is that the only thing that could detach from detachable man? Can he do legs and stuff too? I wonder. I wonder. Head? Can
2: his head come off? Maybe his. Maybe his dick, dude.
5: <laughs> his head floats over and he just talks shit and spits at people. <laughs> I was you thinking that like
1: <laughs> early, early '90s song, detachable penis.
2: I kept thinking, like, why when he sent his fucking hands his arms out there, why weren't they holding guns? Like, that was, like, the biggest mistake I
0: think it was no, supposed That's to be amazing because then he sends them on the beach gives them no weapons <laughs> and they're supposed to just run at these people with guns
2: <laughs> Oh, I fucking, I loved it when, like Rick Flagg was wanting to call off the mission and Waller was like, no, proceed with the mission, and he's like uh are you sure about this? And Harley's just like, fuck it, and stands up and sets off, like, this rocket launcher. I was just like, yes!
1: yes. <laughs> Chaos. Yeah, you've got a good team. you got this. Waller basically says. It's like, oh, jeez. <laughs> You're so mean.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that he team... Too. We're almost ready for you to move in. Just wait, wait for a couple more of them to explode.
2: That team had no strategy at all all at all it was just absolute chaos they were a hundred percent a distraction it was so fucking cool <laughs> oh
5: my a bit with weasel not being able to swim also right off the yes oh. yes so funny. Yeah. yes Maybe i check if weasel could swim my fucking th- my
2: fucking theater lost it at that point they fucking lost it <laughs>
4: He's also the life, water his like body just floating there. <laughs> yeah.
1: His fall. Like that that's where the laughter started for me. It was, it was a really belly flop. Long, fall. It was a
2: belly flop too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know you know that shit hurt. <laughs> I love how they they fucking they thought blackguard thought he was a werewolf at one point.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And he freaks out.
2: And TDK is just like TDK is so absolutely certain he's an Afghan hound.
5: (laughs) (laughs) I say Afghan hound with (laughs) thumbs.
2: I love the minor thing, like, the seatbelt
1: in that scene, too. It's, like, yes. going on this, like, <laughs> mission of death, and TDK's having to help Blackguard
2: put a seatbelt on. Now you're safe. I love it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and fucking, it, I, I love, Harley Quinn, with the, with with her, basically, like, her quest of finding out, like, what was her destiny with this javelin. <laughs> <laughs> <And> then. <laughs>
0: She slaps him and she's like, what?
2: The figure, if you buy the Todd McFarlane figure that is out right now, it comes with the javelin. And I think that is so cool. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I'm looking that up right now. Yeah. yeah those figures oh? are
2: awesome. I looked them up
1: right after seeing the movie. Cause you had talked about them last week. And yeah. it's like, at first there was like, Oh, there's just these two I want. And then it's like, Oh, if I buy them all, I can put the goodest boy King shark together. Yes.
2: Oh, fuck. <laughs> well, go to, if you're going to get the figures, go to a uh, big bad toy store and they have a collector's edition and they, it's a, just a $12 upgrade and you can get the collector's edition. I don't know what's involved in that, but if you're going to get it, get the collector's edition. So That's yeah, You might as well. You might as well. I'm
1: really interested in those figures now. I I think I'm probably sold on them.
2: Oh, and on on eBay today there was um there was oh god some of the some of the merchandise that's come out for this. uh, Some of it's been like exclusive stuff that were that were people that were like in the press that they sent stuff to. They 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 had like a collection of um, Suicide Squad casino chips and there's a set of them that's online now and like it's going for an astronomical amount people are still bidding on it with like a week and a half left it's it's at like 280 dollars for these chips but i i picked up um i guess it was at like a pre-screening for the pr- it was like at the premiere and it's starro glasses so it's like sunglasses and like in the in the lenses you see um starro in it and um I fucking, I got that on eBay for 15 bucks. They're shipping that shit to me, so.
1: Oh, that was a steal. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I want some Starro merch. I want the Starro, like, face mask. I want, That'd like, a great
2: Halloween oh, costume. Nice.
5: Well, they need, yeah, they need a good latex mask.
2: I think, I think it would be so cool. And I was actually thinking this before the episode to go to a Comic Con where people are just, wa- they have a group of people walking around with those Starros on their face.
1: Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> um,
2: Yeah, I think that they should have, like, you know, like, they have, like, uh, Stretch Armstrong. They should have a Stretch Starro where you can stretch the (laughs) limbs on that thing. That would be a fun toy as well.
5: But will it be fuckable? <laughs> Joe, I will, fi-
2: I will find a way. <laughs> instead of instead of calling him the thinker, we should call him the shocker because I'm sure that's what he oh did. My. Oh, no. Two in the pink, well, you, one in the okay, stink.
0: Do you think he was actually fucking Starro? Especially as Starro gets bigger, or was he using Starro to like take over people's bodies and then you know? Doing whatever. I think
2: both. All of the above. Why not both? All of the above. Yes. Oh, <laughs> fucking <laughs> 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 Tristan's like uh, uh Tristan's taking his number two pencil and circling in D, all of the above. Nice. <laughs> <D>. <laughs> <laughs> nice.
0: And horrifying also. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I love this movie so much. It is so fucking super cool. It is like it is i i I can't get it out of my mind, and it is just an absolute joy to watch this I, I this is i this is like up there as far as like i at the end of the day I don't know where it ranks as far as comic book movies, but it's up there and um Jake, as far as you're concerned like where does this rank as far as like james what is it well, okay James Gunn DC versus James Gunn Marvel, where are you? Do you you know yet?
1: No, I don't know yet. I mean, right now I have, like, flashy new toy syndrome, and and I would say that this is my favorite. But, I mean, it's it's new. It's so crazy. Maybe it is better, though, because I definitely was like, man, I wish they would let James Gunn go all out fucking crazy and do R-rated Marvel stuff. And just the idea Mm -hmm. that I'm thinking that means i probably like this more
2: well do you remember years ago in an interview james gunn was asked like what other marvel project would you like to do and he said the thunderbolts that was his answer the thunderbolts well (laughs) basically he got his wish here like this is like dc's version of the thunderbolts but with like more violence and gore
1: yeah yeah exactly like i just oh it's too bad like there's that Warren Ellis superhero book would be a great fit for him. I was at strike force or whatever. Um And there's just so much cool stuff he could do like in, in R rated Marvel. And um yeah, I don't know. It's they're, they're both such different beasts. Um it, It's, it's really hard to say. This is definitely my favorite DC movie though. Like it's on a tier above the rest. Like if I was power ranking EU movies, this is top tier. And then it's a big gap between what this and number yeah, two
2: would be. I would say like, like, as far as DCEU, like, this is at the top right now for me. Uh, as far as, like, DC movies overall, I would say it's, like, Superman 78, The Suicide Squad, and then, you know, one of the Nolan Batman movies, which I won't name. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, fuck it. Dark Knight Rises. Anyway. I know. You already kind of played your hand when you said you wouldn't name it. I know. <laughs> I, that's my... I know it's <laughs> fucked up that that's my favorite one. It's just because it's, it's an underdog story. You know my deal with those. but, but anyway. yeah, you guys, yeah.
1: It almost has more in common with, like, Super than it does Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, it's, it's such a different beast. Like, yeah. you definitely see mm-hmm. the James Gunn similarities, but, like, just emotionally it really it's a different kind of movie than guardians like it really shows like how versatile that james gunn can be
2: did you hear about oh go ahead
0: oh i was just gonna say like i was thinking through some of the similarities it's like on the main team there's like a the the creature that like kind of doesn't speak a little bit like like king Shark is a little like draxy a little bit Groot. like you have the one like female badass character that kind of supports the other one there was like the definitely like these these pieces, but he made these. He didn't just remake Guardians mm-hmm. with these characters, yeah. right? Like, and I was kind of like, I hope that doesn't happen. I hope he just has he gives them their own story, he gives them that their own agency, he gives them their own like room to breathe, but yeah. still make it James Gunn. And yeah, he he absolutely did that, and uh, it's 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 really cool to watch.
5: Yeah, I, I feel like it's almost apples to oranges trying to compare the Suicide Squad to the Guardians of the Galaxy. It's just, I mean, the the most the biggest one being it's it's weird to compare a rated R movie to a PG thirteen because they're just they're not going to be existing in the same realm, right? There's just stuff that's going to be happening in that rated R movie that you'll never ever see in a PG thirteen movie, yeah. And other than them both being comic book movies, you know, based on groups, I mean, I I feel like the similarities kind of end there.
4: The most rated R thing that Guardians ever said was um, that
2: Jackson Pollock joke. <laughs> Yeah. Movie. Right. Yeah. Well, and then and the fact that that Star Lord's father ego is basically fucking everything in the universe. <laughs> yeah. That too. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't it's know. So it's hard Star-Lord. to compare, though. I mean,
1: <laughs> Guardians Two probably at the end of the day is probably still my favorite. Like that just and that's just a personal emotional thing for me. Like I so connect with the uh, the Star Lord Yondu storyline in that movie and on such a level that I've seen that movie like. Twenty times and it's still just like a ball like a baby when we get to that final star lord yondu scene right but that's just a personal thing i mean it's almost just like your connection with the the rats and how they're used in the suicide squad like i just have that personal connection to the story that's going on in that movie but yeah and this is up there this is definitely probably one of my favorite movies of all time like I, i can imagine still watching this 20 years down the line yeah james james gunn is just so brilliant and as many superhero movies as we've seen in the last 25 years. Like it's the fact that you could still be this unique and creative with this genre, like shows that it's, it's not over yet. There's still tons more you can do that. No one's done yet. in movies Mm -hmm. like this.
2: I I just love the fact that fucking James Gunn just can make, just make these characters look so goddamn cool. Like I've seen Harley show up in other movies before. I've never seen Harley this fucking cool never agreed never
5: no, agreed and i love birds of prey i love, I love birds her of prey too i know and then seeing her in this it was like this is a this is a step up and i in it in that step up it, it comes from the writing the direction and i also think it comes from her character just benefits from a rated r movie mm-hmm.
2: i think i think i think james gunn sold her on this vision too you know like i i really think that james gunn sold her on like listen in the last movie you're fucking dealing with the breakup And in this movie, you're fucking liberating it and you're showing every, you know, like your feelings are valid Mm -hmm. and your choices are fucking valid. Those are your choices. And you're going to prove that in this fucking movie that like, like, You're not going to be putting up with the same bullshit because dude starts going back into Joker territory where he's wanting to kill children and fucking make, you know, anyone who goes up against the president, whether it be their, you know, I'll make the parents pay. I'll make the children pay. Anybody who speaks bad of us, they're going to die. And boom, she shoots dude in the chest. I think he sold her on this vision of this movie. He sold her on like what her character is going to be doing. He sold her on the fact that she didn't need to be rescued. And by the time they're trying to rescue her, it's this, it's hilarity because like, she's like, I can go back up there. If you guys Yo, want me when to. She
0: says I could go back in. <laughs> I, I was that. ugh, I was like, cause it's so sweet too. Right. The whole thing is, is like, I'm on my own. No one's here for me. I'm just going to have to do this myself, which is fine. Like, I love that, but it was cool too, to see, we actually we actually were thinking about you and we're gonna come save you and yeah it really just yeah. builds on what they did what by introducing her in suicide squad to birds of prey to this it's like her growth it's her evolution as, uh, yeah. as a character it's building on all of those pieces to really get her to that place where now that liberating and her doing these things are extra yeah extra potent because you're like hell yeah harley like yeah you are breaking out of that uh that you know hold that he had over your life in so many ways not even just in the love way but the trauma and the abuse yes it, 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 to see her rise above that and take out other abusers you're like this is full circle
2: it's it's, it, it's a very human thing like you know and like we've all like like even you know going back to the movie captain marvel where she's being gaslit by you know this mm-hmm. other group and stuff like that the entire movie like we're seeing this now and you know i really love and black widow yeah right?
0: The whole thing was about her breaking, getting her own agency and breaking free from this guy who wanted to then control all of these powerful men trying to control all these other widows. And it's like, I I just love all these stories that are really evolving and like you said, like, channeling the human human experience and even human- well
2: even polka dot man you know like mm-hmm. fucking being controlled by his mother this entire movie yep. and breaking free but i love i love the new direction that hollywood has taken i love what certain directors have done with like certain characters i love you know like you know we've seen it like with you know i love fucking i love this i love i do love <laughs> i do love I'm, I'm i have gotten really sick of uh, the damsel in distress in movies. Mm-hmm. You know, cause oh, yes. I don't, I like it when it's played like this. I like it when it's played like, you know, like Quentin Tarantino gives us Kill Bill. I love it when fucking, uh, you know, uh, we get to see like Ripley and Aliens not be a damsel and fucking just take on whatever challenges uh, come uh, that are thrown at her. I love Betty Gilpin in The Hunt. I love mm-hmm. seeing like no damsels. I love seeing, mm-hmm. and it, but I don't like it when they like force it into your face. Like, right. like, this is like, uh no, like, that's my biggest complaint with the Captain Marvel movie when they were playing, like, I'm just a girl. Just a girl. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. And, and I get. So eye rolling. Well, I get the, I get the meaning of that, mm-hmm. of that, of that song in that moment. Like, she is not just a girl. You know what I mean? She's more than that. But right. it's still, it it still was like, it was trying to push that that message like
0: a little bit too uh on the head and i don't See, for me it, i was like oh my god this is no doubt and gunstefani and like i'm here for this, this well yeah so i like
4: i like but, that too but, but yeah. they
0: also could have played something like Joe jet or like yes it yeah go fucking I would, you, you just gotta the trust the audience oh, yeah. and
4: just know we're not yeah.
2: stupid you, yeah you don't have to spell yeah. it out right. i didn't need when when, fucking, when um. I didn't need a song like that. If they would have played that song when Ripley says "Get away from her, you bitch," I would have been like, "Fuck you. Fuck you for playing <laughs> yeah, for this sure. song. I don't need that." <laughs> like, I know that fucking Ripley's a badass. Like, I don't need anybody else to tell me that Ripley's a badass. I've seen Ripley be a badass in mm-hmm. s- I- you know, in the previous film and she's fucking kicking ass in Aliens now. Mm-hmm. I love Ripley. And- so. Yeah,
0: right. And like another piece too that I constantly I, I enjoy, and you also saw it in Widow. It's like there's kind of this constant underestimating of of Harley, right? Or like. You know, they grab her, she passes out <laughs> yes. The guy leaves, the other guy turns around yeah. to His back to her and starts texting Some bullshit, right, because it's like, oh, she passed out We don't have to worry right. Meanwhile, she takes out their entire fucking squad Like, all 50 of oh, them but, in this th- place But it's, it's, it's what she does people. Is
2: so violent, but also so beautiful Like, she just, yeah. fuck, she yeah. fucking You know, snaps the guy's neck with her fucking legs Oh
0: my god And yeah. then she it's does, like, I, this I'm a critic, sh- flying vagina, right Like, flying vagina takedown, where you're like here taking you out and then like face first into the cooch take him down that's annoying to me so i was like oh use your thighs to snap this guy's neck
2: yeah (laughs) yeah and then she does like this nimble like this just the the most nimble move to like grab those keys and then and and then unlock the lock with her
0: fucking feet yo you're right because it's like they're they're also showing like part of her like superpowers her her, like acrobatics and her kind of flexibility and her strength once she undoes that uh, undoes the key with her foot then she does the whole like ha- lifts up half of her body to then undo it right and like I, like I couldn't do that right now if, if I wanted to so it's cool if, to if see like, her that like that herself. oh god she's incredible that's oh, awesome
2: god, incredible on in this role did you so, read yeah. that somewhere Tristan that she actually did oh, that
4: yeah and actually James Gunn um, made a point saying that he's he was upset that he didn't get to show her face enough because she was doing that entire escape scene herself
0: wow oh, amazing
2: yeah yeah oh man so good so good i yeah i'm I'm really kind of like over like the whole damsel in distress thing, and I love the fact that this movie. You know, shows us scenes of, like, Ratcatcher 2 coming to the aid of everybody else. Yeah, there's a moment Mm -hmm. where she's got a fucking gun pointed at her head and she doesn't want to die. Yeah, that's a human reaction, okay? Mm -hmm. But on the flip side, at the end of the day, she fucking does what it takes to save this entire crew. She does. She lives up to her promise that she's going to get Bloodsport out of this. And she does, man. It's fucking, it's pretty fucking incredible.
0: And it's cool too. Like it's because the the crew is you know different different genders, different everything, and they all kind of help each other out, right? Because that's the other thing too. You don't want to see it like one sided. It's like they all kind of have their moments of like helping out each other, or like that's their moment to shine, right? And then next, their moment to shine. And I really appreciate when you have an ensemble yeah. awesome cast that like you make everyone look cool. You have everybody support each other, and when okay. people need to have their moment where they need to save it themselves, like Harley, like. It's really dope and badass, but it. They also don't dwell on it, and they're like, "Dope, moving on." And yes. They work together. Yes. And like, <laughs> oh, it's just like that's. Oh, that's that's the way you do up. it. That's the <laughs> way you do it, Ashley.
2: You're one 100- yeah. hundred. Uh, thank you. You are one hundred percent, hundred and ten percent correct. That's the how you do yeah. it. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes. And then you're like you're here for the crew. I want to see now their next set of movies with yeah. like the crew together using their powers and doing stuff. Yes. You know, that's maybe questionable but also somewhat heroic, you know. Like, okay. I want to see I want to see that.
2: But we guys we do have to let's let's pour out a little bit for fucking our boy Milton right now. Oh.
0: And then the people got me I was like, I like Milton. (laughs) And they were like, He's still with us? Why is he here?
2: It was (laughs) just hilarious seeing him running alongside them on the mission. He was like he was like the Peter in Deadpool too, you know? I I I I
1: thought that same (laughs) comparison. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh, Man.
1: I laughed the most at the end when Harley thought Bloodsport's name was Milton so we just had a I know.
2: conversation about this
0: <laughs> she's like I'm not crazy she's <laughs> in her
2: own fucking world isn't she yes yes, Very absolutely so. um, um, <laughs> nice. this movie almost had a really different kind of setup like a whole different I, I got this from comicbook.com um James Gunn was doing a, an interview with a German outlet and he reveals what his Suicide Squad movie would have been at one time. It was The Suicide Squad versus Superman. He said, mm. when I started writing The Suicide Squad, one idea was that they would fight Superman, he told Film Starts. The Suicide Squad has to catch Superman for some reason. That was all. Just a vague idea. It's gotten out of hand or is being controlled by someone, and then this group of lousy supervillains has to face the most powerful hero in the world. Wh- wh-
0: is that I- the game th- plot? Yeah, that's the premise of the
2: video. That's Injustice. Yeah, yeah. That's Injustice, yes, which started yeah, out as a the- video game.
0: Isn't that also the new, the new, like, Suicide, new, the squad, new suicide squad, squad video game? Yeah, yeah like, they're, the, the, they're, like, trying to take down the one that's gonna be released, like, next year or something, but they released the trailer at, uh, a at year. DC. Yeah. yeah, that big conference. But, but yeah, that's what, it has Harley and, like, it, the, yeah, w- interesting. I wonder if they heard that. They were like, make the clutch this day.
2: Wow. Uh, he goes, uh, he's, he's still excited about the concept for Suicide Squad. Versus Superman, to the point that he warns Warner Brothers not to pursue the concept without him. I like this idea, and if DC does this sequel, please not without me, is what he says.
0: Do you think, after the... (laughs) Yeah, because the game is called Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. uh, Okay. It it mostly shows Superman. They haven't really showed other things, but whoa well,
2: uh, uh, guys 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 are, is 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 cavill out is cavill out could what james gunn directing henry cavill guys could this oh could this happen could this happen oh wild wow. so what is the
4: direction of dc now you think they're going to follow this lead or is this tone tonality?
2: Look at look at the nine what is it, ninety three, ninety four percent on Rotten Tomatoes? You gotta follow this, man. This they haven't they haven't had Rotten Tomatoes scores this this good. Are we gonna get a exactly. bunch of
4: James Gun knockoffs though? I mean, is that what we're gonna get? You yeah, know,
1: potentially I could see that. This is making a ton of money too, which also leads oh, to is what is you're it? saying, Tristan. Yeah, it's like the highest grossing post pandemic r-rated movie so far okay. yeah it's yeah. uh let's I see I was worried
4: about the hbo max thing
2: yeah suicide squad what do i got here for like the box office uh open, it opened to 4.1 million in thursday night previews and is now on track for an opening weekend of at least 30 million domestic and a further 40 million overseas opening weekend uh quite possibly a good deal higher i mean we got to keep in mind this is also on hbo max as well so, yeah. and um, you know, I've already I've already watched this a couple times in theater, and plan on going back for you know I want to go back for seconds, thirds, fourths, whatever, elevensies, yeah. whatever the fuck, you know. Yeah. I got to see it in IMAX. I saw it in yeah. IMAX the second time, and it was phenomenal. I've been wanting. I was hoping that this would be playing in uh, 3D somewhere, and I don't think that it is in 3D at all. I would love to see Starro in 3D.
1: Yeah, yeah so those scenes would be when- awesome in 3D, like the rain, and just, there's a lot of stuff yeah. that really lend itself well to that. He filmed this whole movie in,
2: in IMAX, IMAX. yeah.
1: So it really plays well on the IMAX screen.
2: It does, yeah. Does
4: Sorrow give you the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man vibes? A little
1: bit, yeah. I had that yeah. thought, too. Like, it's it's a little bit that finale, like this giant, unexpected thing comes out. hmm so such a great character, too. Like, that's a character I've known since I was a child. It's it's really awesome to see that character, like, get on the big screen and be so menacing and, and gigantic and, like, fully realized with a story like that. I, I think a lot of.
2: It was the first it was the first fucking it was the first Justice villain that the that the Justice League fought together as a group in the comics. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I could see a lot of of DC hardcore people being upset with this eventual use of Starro, though. Like, I'm not, like, so, like, beholden to, like, the comic lore and history that, you know, this is fine. If if we never see Starro again, I'm okay with Mm -hmm. that. Like, I I could see a lot of people, though, being, like, almost like the Taskmaster effect for, like, some of, like... The real hardcore DC people, like, oh, they wasted Starro, He didn't even get to take over Green Lantern or whatever, you know? Yeah. Well, the but,
4: truth is, is I don't think they would have let anybody even do Starro if it wasn't James Gunn. You know, I don't. I don't think
2: we even would have seen him. Dude, yeah, a hundred percent, yeah.
4: Yeah, they would have never made
1: him, like, a Thanos or a Dark Side or, like, a Kang of, like, multiple movie bad guy. Like, if you were going to use Starro, this was the way to use it. I, I don't think it would work, like, spread across multiple movies and storylines, like, I, as much as, like, the DC hardcore faithful may prefer that. I just don't think it would have worked. It wouldn't have held up.
0: Uh, what do you? I was, like, just green. thinking about, like, the pitch meeting to the, the Warner Brothers executives <laughs> of this movie. They're, like, okay. i i
2: honestly i honestly feel like that pitch meeting with the with them they they were if this pitch meeting if this would have happened probably you know pre guardians pre-2014 they would have laughed him out of the office no way in hell but after the success and after like what he has done for marvel they were just like whatever the fuck you want to do Whatever you want to do. Can you
4: imagine what he can do now? You know, after this? Like I mean I think Marvel might even let him push the envelope a little bit with Guardians three. They might possibly. Hmm.
1: I don't know. I, yeah. I I think until Deadpool Three Marvel's out on the R rated stuff, I think that's our that's our bastion of hope that yeah. that movie just makes so much fucking money Yeah, to finally be like, okay.
2: Yeah. And then they're yeah, like, you know I what? Okay, we're gonna give you that,
0: but it's like Oh,
2: sorry. I was just gonna say, and then they're just like, yeah, we love Deadpool 3, and then hopefully Kevin Feige is like, you know what, we're gonna keep the R-rated streak of Blade movies going as well.
5: Mm. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah.
2: Because I don't, I, yeah, d- would- I don't want to see Mahershala Ali neutered as Blade and see, cause like, Honestly, if they give us a PG-13 Blade movie, guys, we're dealing with a movie where he's going around and killing blood-sucking vampires. Okay? With a sword. With sword. (laughs) With a sword. So if they neuter the character of Blade in the Marvel movies to make it fucking PG thirteen safe and something that could play on Disney Plus, I think that's a huge detriment, especially when you have an actor like Mahershala Ali. I don't need blade yeah. dropping F bombs, but I do need a little bit of violence, need the violence. when I have a yeah. daywalker, when I have a well, daywalker going up, up against blood sucking vampires. His name is fucking Blade. You might as well right. change his name to butter Knife.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, it, it, it didn't Spork. test as well, Jake. They tried that. It didn't test as well.
3: Um, Sport. Yeah. yeah like,
0: you know what? I, I will say, though, like, it seems with some of the some of the recent stuff, like, Disney Disney seems to be kind of, or maybe Feige is at the point where he can kind of also finagle some of those pieces and allow that a little more freedom because, like, even widow that that opening scene that was a little darker yeah you know, for like yeah. typically kids watching that you're right um the the, the girls it, yeah soldier, exactly. soldier and him blasting him with that shield holy shit like whoa disney that's pretty well, fucking you, that's a little yeah, bit yeah you
4: can be violent yeah. without hitting that radar um it's just that you know you but, can't but show
0: even the. That, yeah right even the idea right this guy's wearing he has the shield and he's like even if you don't show him you know Busting his you know, head in how- And like that You very much know Yeah but you know, like Blood well,
2: But Mahershala Ali As Blade Walking in On a group of vampires eating like eating. you know eating eating you know <laughs> sucking off sucking blood out of like maybe a biker gang or some shit like that and you just see like them like fucking like look up at blade as they've like as they've been like eating somebody and you see blood from their dripping from their mouths and shit that's what fucking vampires do right, vampires right. gonna vampire vampires gonna <laughs> fucking eat drink some blood and like that
0: little jimmy when a when a young vampire gets his teeth
2: <laughs> you can't, you can't, in my opinion, you. I, that's why I always felt like Blade was a like a little bit of a better fit when it came to like the Netflix Marvel stuff.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I'm really, oh, totally. I'm really worried about like what, you know, and I know we're not talking about Suicide Squad right now, people. We're going to get back to that. Chill out. Trust me. Like we're all fans of all this stuff and there's plenty of time to talk about everything. But my God, yeah, you can't. I don't – if they fucking neuter Mahersha Ali as Blade and make him the PG-13 family-er, friendlier Blade than what we've seen from, like, Wesley Snipes, it's a huge miss in my opinion. And I am worried about that. I don't 100% trust Disney with that. Do I trust Kevin Feige to get it? Yes. I trust Kevin Feige to get it. I trust Kevin Feige so fucking much. And, like, going back and reading the stories about, like, Kevin Feige, like – talking to James Gunn after, like, the initial, like, you know, uh scare of him being, you know, kind of, like, canceled and, like, taken out of this Marvel Cinematic Universe and shit for Guardians and stuff. Like, Kevin was, like, super upset at Disney and all this stuff. So, and I think Kevin gets it as far as, like, these characters are concerned. But I think even Kevin Feige is, like, kind of, like being held at the mercy of like, what will they will allow and what they won't allow to go on in these movies. Jake, do you think, do you think if Deadpool 3 performs and it's huge for Marvel, if they're, if they're given this R rating and they're, they're given the go ahead to, to do whatever the fuck they wanted to and, and Disney kind of like, you know, um, Let's let, basically let's Ryan Reynolds and these and, and, and the creators and the, the people that the producers and everything do what the fuck they want to on Deadpool three. If it's a huge success, do you think that that opens the doors for an R rated Marvel Blade movie?
1: I do, I do. I, I think it opens the door for all kinds of R rated Marvel stuff. I think it really is the test subject, and I think it has to do more than good too. I think it really has to just, like, be the fucking number one R-rated movie of all time, be one of the biggest MCU openings of all time. Like, if it it can achieve those kind of, like, astronomical figures, I think Marvel will have no choice but to want to make more money and take some other IPs and add the R-rating
2: to them. Are they teasing? Is Marvel... Go ahead. No, go ahead,
0: Ashley. Uh, I was just going to say, another aspect, too, is, like, with... With, with the drama, right? With this lawsuit stuff with Scarlet and him report Feige reportedly being really upset, right? Because that's his talent and that's not, you know, from what I understand, this is definitely more of a Bob Chapik and heads of Disney, right? Not necessarily Marvel or Feige. Yeah. And so there might also be some fallout in which they are going to need to garner favor back with Feige because he might be really frustrated. And when they, when he was butting heads with Perlmutter, they they got rid of him, right? And then let Feige handle all the stuff. And so they're in a position of right now, like at what point does Feige get enough power to leverage Disney? Because I feel like he's if he's not at that point already, he's getting really close, right? With the, just like if they they understand that if they lost Feige, can you imagine? Mm. So they would make
4: Feige CEO if they could. But you see wanted. what I'm
0: saying? Like, they understand. And so I think the tables have turned. I think there was a point where Feige had to kind of bow to it. But I think what we're seeing is the beginnings of... because they, They're talking about Doctor Strange being darker, and they're hiring a horror director. Like so Well, they, the Scott Derrickson... Towards, like,
2: Scott Derrickson, was in the first movie, was a horror director, so... Yeah, they fired the horror director. Well, they took on Sam Raimi, who's also... A- horror director as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. At one point, I, I did sure. Yeah, le- yeah. I mean, well, that's but that's I, where he comes from, though, Jake. You know? Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's like, like saying Peter Jackson's a horror director. Sure. Well. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's more than oh, that. Now. I know. Yeah,
0: right. there, there, there's an evolution, but I, I guess I'm, I'm seeing them take some more risks, but I'm seeing as much as you still have that formula. I also see Blade as like, like he's not, like, a core, necessarily, member. So I feel like if he's more yeah. on a fringe, are they going to allow him to play a little bit more where they're like, you know what, this is the section and for the R-rated adult. And, and if you do have kids, you don't have to see that necessarily, but you can if yeah. you want. You can stick with your Guardians of the Galaxy PG-13, you know, if you have kids, yeah. right? I can't, the-
4: I can't imagine Deadpool just being on an island, like an R-rated island by himself, you know? Like, you would think that they're going to also put other... R-rated properties, you know, in a sort in that same sort of sphere, you know. Well, you because, could. I mean,
2: after the success of Logan, you could also put Wolverine, and exactly, and and fucking, you know, if, if they're ever wanting to do anything further with Punisher, that would be, you know, a, a good place to do it as well.
5: There's just certain characters that really benefit from an R rating. Like, look at how much better the Wolverine action we got in Logan mm-hmm. was than, than those others. Yeah, it's fucking razor sharp adamantium claws. And he's right. gonna fight and there's not it's not gonna be a fucking bloodbath? Give me a break. Right. That was the best part of Logan, is well, that it's like when he fucking hits that guy under his chin and the claws pop out of the yeah. top of his head, yeah. it's yes. like this yes. character is made for rated R action. Yes, he did well. He has knives he that come out of his hands. Knives? No, but, you,
0: you, he's really good at origami also, he's taken up hobby. <laughs> right? It's like, what the fuck else is he gonna do with that? What I else? know. And, and that's also part of the struggle, right? Of the inner demons of like, I don't wanna be this killer and I don't wanna be this thing all the time. Meanwhile, your powers are, you can heal, so here's your knives. Right? Like, how, how do you how do you play next to, next to an Avenger? Yeah, how not? do you?
1: Exactly. That's the problem. And Brian spoke to that before. It's like, at the end of the day, it's a shared universe. And that's where I think the difficulties come in. Yeah. It's like, you can do these R-rated things, but do you have to cut off the shared universe part to do these R-rated things? Like, is it going to be fun to see Blade and Deadpool R-rated in a non-R-rated Avengers movie? Like, that's where it becomes weird.
2: Yes. I, I guess uh, I... And I think that there is a way to hopefully there's a way to do that, Jake, because, of course, like we all want to see like the big team up, like the big, you know, Avengers Mm -hmm. Infinity War, the big, you know, Civil War, the big end game, whatever, where all these characters come together. But, yeah, like, is it going to be like a huge fucking departure from like if we get that R-rated Blade movie and then all of a sudden Blade is neutered in like, you know, the big team up movie? Maybe Blade doesn't have to show up, but I feel like Deadpool 100% has to show up, you know, yeah. in in like one of these big Avenger event films. That's fucking Ryan Reynolds. And I
0: feel like with right, like oh, totally agreed. And I almost feel like you can use that to your advantage, right? Then you just have him play off the fact that he's a rated R character in this movie and then you have him quip about that all all throughout it and do things that are like have like a censor bar over them or something, yeah. right? Where you where you where you can like that would play to it, but it would be weird to do that with Blade. You're like, what? Why are we doing this? Yeah. <laughs> doing yeah. It yeah. works for yeah. words,
1: but it's harder to do with actions.
0: Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
5: Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the team, Blade. Here's your nerf swords. <laughs> <laughs> right, right.
2: <laughs> this all goes back to like what we were talking about, though. Like, if, if the next movie, let's say that Warner Brothers is just like, holy shit, okay, James Gunn, we are going to let you do whatever. You want to, after the success of the suicide squad, like we seriously, we are in the James Gunn James Gunn camp and you can like, you can literally do anything that you want to. And if you want to do the suicide squad versus Superman, it is dude, we are, we're green lighting this. Uh, we can't wait to see what you do here. Um, yeah. I'd uh, love
5: to see him take on the green lantern Corps.
2: Well, I, I think be great I... I would to just see the space stuff, you know? Yeah, well, we're going to get that. There's an HBO Max series coming out. So, I, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's a good point. But I'm saying, like, Superman in an R-rated movie, like, we already saw, like, kind of like what James Gunn would do with that with Brightburn. I know that that's not a James Gunn-directed movie. That was his brother that was doing the Brightburn movie. But, like, on the flip side, like, this is... If this happened, this is huge. Superman in an R-rated movie
0: oh my, it's like Homelander style shit. Like him, like if you, right. Heard, like his brain is taken over and yeah. he's controlled. We would see seeing him laser through people.
3: Yeah. And like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And God.
0: just like picking them up and crushing them. And just like, like, Oh my God. Fans of
1: the of not
4: my Superman. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. He cracked one neck in man of steel and fandom about imploded. <laughs> <Yeah. Just imagine>. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh boy. Can we take a quick break? Yeah, let's take a break. We'll be right back. Jake and his breaks.
0: I knew it'd be Jake.
2: (laughs) I knew it would be you. I
0: knew it (laughs) would be you. I'm actually going to do the same thing, though.
2: All right, we'll be right back.
4: Up in Manhattan, flying Vietnam, bullet in the head by the old Don on the night that he was wet. There were two more.
2: All right, hey, we are back. Jake, how do you how do you feel? You feel good, sir? Oh, so relieved. <laughs> I like the I, some, some episodes. I like to push it, and I like to they get to that point where you kind of you you, you kind of like. You, I think everybody had to go though. I think everybody I did. I
1: felt it. I was like, Brian is not going to be the one to initiate a break here. He is waiting for someone else. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. I was pushing it. I pushed it, and Jake, Jake was like, "Can we take a break?"
1: <laughs> Dude, I was like Sharon Stone and in Basic Instinct, like just crossing my legs and oh that.
2: <laughs> All right, let's see. What else do I have to talk about with the old Suicide Squad uh, movie here? What did I? What else did I say? Uh, James Gunn explains the difference between working with Marvel and DC this came out from Collider a day ago what does he say he was talking to the New York Times and he says that he regrets not putting his thoughts across like this Uh, Kevin Feige is the producer on the Guardians movies, Peter Safran is the producer on this movie. At Marvel, they serve the role of producer and studio, really. And at DC, there's a studio and then there's a producer. So it's very different in that respect. And actually, I've answered that question before, and now I wish I always answered it like I just said. That's my regret, because that's really the difference.
1: Um, Any idea? I'm, I'm stretching to remember how he'd answered that question previously.
2: Yeah, I don't, I don't remember. Mm,
1: really makes me want to know him saying that he regrets not answering like that. Yeah. Mm, he, maybe he was oh. a little bit closer to being fired from Marvel at that point, and it was being a little bit less diplomatic about answering. And he regrets mm. like throwing some shade.
2: He said that Gunn said that Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige gives more notes and is way more involved with editing than people are at Warner Brothers the director tipped his hat to the new brass at Warner brothers and said that he was given unprecedented created freedom. So, yeah. Yeah. You can see it.
1: I mean, you can definitely see it. (laughs) There's definitely a leash on guardians of the galaxy and there is no leash on
2: suicide spot what what leash oh yeah leash? this movie is gory and beautiful and funny and super cool and i is i can't think that here's the thing i can't think this is going to be the last that we're going to see of like the characters that come out of this movie but like are we gonna see these characters again under the direction of James Gunn? Is James Gunn in the Warner Brothers bed right now? Is he in camp with Warner Brothers? Or, or like, it, it feels like to me, if he's still like saying like, I don't want you to make a fucking Suicide Squad versus Superman movie without me, it sounds like this guy is like sticking around for the long haul. Like, you know, or like. Walter,
4: uh, his name, Walter Hamada. Yeah, said that James Gunn is definitely coming back, so I don't think he would make that statement if they hadn't had that conversation.
2: Yeah. Oh, my
1: yeah, God. Yeah, I read that as well. I think um, James Gunn gets very invested in the characters that he writes, and I think Warner Brothers would let him do anything he wanted at this point. I think they are in bed with him, but I think James Gunn will have a hard time instantly moving on to – what is perceived a bigger and better thing. I think he's going to be hard pressed not to continue on with the characters that he did here. Like you he just get so invested in the next thing. Like, yeah, he doesn't want anyone else to write these people's future. I don't think.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I like that too. I like that from him. I hope that's the and case
0: like, from a business perspective too. Like I was just checking out the like DC movies. They haven't had a movie do very well since what Aquaman made a billion
2: yeah that was in
0: 2018 yeah right and so like yeah they have Black Adam coming out and and Shazam was
2: Shazam was fun but it wasn't like it didn't blow up like fucking Aquaman right (laughs) and so
0: it's like if this does well and if they're and that's me chopping things if this does well um you know I feel like it's just like an like yeah you're like definitely James Gunn do another one of those please right because it's just like it's well-received it's it yeah it seems to be making money at least in that kind of r-rated bracket like it seems like an easy just business decision of like totally (laughs) please do Uh, this again yeah see what happens maybe post-pandemic because it'll be years down the road
2: i honestly feel like you know like with what dc was doing you know years ago with henry cavill and this is kind of fucked up not fucked up to say but it kind of hurts me a little bit DC was basically, you know, a lot of people did love the Henry Cavill Superman, me being one of them. I loved Man Mm -hmm. of Steel. And they kind of used like, they didn't know what their direction was going to be going forward. So like on social media, Henry Cavill was like their guy. And Henry Cavill was kind of like, you know, putting a lot of things out on social media, fans were reacting. And um, now it feels like they've kind of like pushed Henry Cavill away, which really hurts me to my core, because I love Henry Cavill. I think he's Fantastic, And I think he could be a really great Superman if under the right director and given the right story. Anyway, what I'm trying to get at is is basically is I wonder if James Gunn will be kind of like this, almost like this recruitment tool, recruitment tool for Warner Warner Brothers and maybe like future directors getting involved with future DCEU projects. Because it feels like, like, you know, like with all the Zack Snyder stuff and don't get me wrong guys, I'm not a Zack Snyder hater and I really enjoyed what he did with Man of Steel and I absolutely love the Snyder Cut, but Zack Snyder didn't kind of like you know, have like uh everybody in his camp. It wasn't like a Marvel movie where that movie comes out and everybody's like going fucking, mm-hmm. you know, gaga and like ape shit over like the new Marvel movie. But I feel like with James Gunn, James Gunn might be able to be kind of like that recruiter for DC where like, he's going, going on record and saying like, oh my god, Warner Brothers gave me unprecedented, uh, control of this movie. And it makes me wonder if like, some of these like, new and upcoming directors that Marvel has been able to like, pull into their camp, if they're not gonna be looking at like, Warner Brothers, and if Warner Brothers might take a different approach now, and be like, you know, we don't really have to go with like, these, uh, you know, directors that have like come out with like these huge fucking like projects. Like think about, uh, the, uh, the Birds of Prey movie that came out. You know, like that director, was it, uh, Ka- was it Kathy Yan? I can't remember. Kathy Yan, I think. Yeah, like she didn't come from like a huge like filmmaking mm-hmm. background. She did like one movie before that. And, uh, you know, I think she, she gave us a really fun movie. Maybe maybe DC is going to start taking that approach where we don't have to get like you know David Ayer to come in here and do a suicide squad movie he, you know he's coming off fury which was like a big movie with Brad Pitt, Shia LaBeouf and you know a big movie they don't have to go that route they can go kind of like more of like the Marvel experimental approach at this point and just you know maybe they maybe Warner yeah. Bra- maybe James Gunn'll be like the guy that's kind of like mm-hmm. you know kind of like uh that refuels the DCEU refuels Warner brothers and like people start to look at them in a different light. And he starts to recruit different, you know, filmmakers and get a different yeah. fucking vision and direction in there. And Warner, I would love that if this could turn mm-hmm. it all around, I think competition breeds success. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Competition and, and breeds yeah. success. If you have DC making great mm-hmm. movies and Marvel making great movies, they're both going to push each other to continue to make great movies and that way we can get great DC movies. That way we can get great Marvel movies. And Ashley, I feel like you're chomping at the bit to say something. So I'm going to shut up at this point. I want to hear what you have to say.
0: Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting, right? Because like thinking of it from, from kind of like, like that business angle, Marvel is able to hire on these hot new up and coming directors because almost you have that Kevin Feige at the top to be the guardrails, yes. right? To make sure yes. they give them the support and infrastructure they need. And Kevin
2: Feige just goes—he just goes off of shit that he watches. He's like, you know what? I yeah. really fucking like that. I really, yeah. I really like that one thing that I watched. Mm-hmm. I think I feel like Kevin Feige must love Rick and Morty because I feel like everybody yeah. that they're <laughs> everybody that they're fucking pulling over recently feels like they're pulling over writers and producers from Rick and Morty. But go ahead
0: yeah and and so you know, I agree, like we need obviously what they were doing is divisive, right, like it doesn't have that mass appeal, it has a more niche appeal with people who either love or hate it, which yeah. is great, but you don't want your main you know foundational you know films to be that necessarily you you need to have that anchor to be able to continue getting those you know cuz we're all going to see this stuff we're we're rabid fans but right. we also have to like think about like the regular audience like the reason why marvel is doing well is because not just we're seeing it but the mass audience is able to see it as well and so like he's done that really delicate dance where he's been able to build on that and so i'm hoping that if dc goes that route, which i think is great right fresh blood i i, I totally agree that like yes. he needs to do some changes like this movie was refreshing like this movie was so refreshing. And so it's like, okay, like, yeah, can we do cool stuff like this? But make sure that they're able to put in those guardrails to ensure too that it's not too, not too niche necessarily. And so it doesn't continue to then fall behind Marvel because I agree you need that competition in order to keep driving all of this really good content. Yeah. Um, to be a player.
2: Yeah. It makes me wonder, like, like, it- will DC just go back to their old ways or is this going to is this new direction that James Gunn has taken this I mean think about this guys this is not this is not a batman movie this is not a superman movie this is not green lantern okay. this is not aquaman this is not wonder woman this is these are you know some you know harley quinn's probably like the most recognizable character on this squad and 100% so yeah. I mean, these are, these are, these are D-listers down to Z-listers when you're yeah. talking about Polka Dot Man. And Polka Dot Man right now, guys, I'm telling you, Polka Dot Man could be showing up on t-shirts. Pe- people could be, guys, I've actually seen a Polka Dot Man t-shirt. It's a, it's a, it looks like a Hawaiian shirt, but it's got polka dots all over it. And it's officially, <laughs> it's, it's officially licensed. So, yeah. it's like- gonna be but, so many cosplays. Right. The, all I
0: want for Christmas is my 12-inch Polka Dot Man figure. and And that, yes.
2: And that, that comes down to like you know james gunn casting david dasmalkian and mm-hmm. and and making that character like somebody who is you know somebody that we can follow in this movie somebody that we can connect to uh, mm-hmm. m- making his ridiculous powers come off as like so fucking incredible in this movie and at this point it he's basically saying like guys you don't have to rely like i did exactly with the sui- with the suicide squad what I did with the guardians of the galaxy. I took rocket mm-hmm. raccoon and Groot and I made them fucking household names. I've done the same thing now with yep. polka dot man and fucking rat catcher too. And TDK, right, right. TDK doesn't even fucking exist in the actual proper comics. This is a fucking original character that he came up with. And like, people are going to be talking about TDK and the arms and the slapping of the hands and all that shit. Like it's, yeah. it's insane. Like you don't, you don't have to like, It makes me want James Gunn – it makes me want James Gunn to, like, actually kind of, like, nudge – Directors like Taika Waititi to come in there and do a fucking like, you know, Booster Gold and mm-hmm. and oh uh, Booster Dude, Gold I, movie. I, wow. Yeah, a Booster Gold movie directed by Taika Waititi or something, you know, that, it, or oh, even man. even just pulling like one of these writers over from because it doesn't take a lot. Just pull one of these writers over from fucking Rick and Morty to do a Booster Gold movie. They had what was it? um Fucking uh, one of the villains that was in. This movie was a booster gold movie. I think it was um that, that playing cards character that we talked about uh was a booster gold villain. Um but I mean I would love to see like them just not have to say, you know what, we've gotta give you we've gotta be grand with everything. We've gotta give you Batman v mm-hmm. Superman, we've gotta give you Wonder Woman, we've gotta give you yeah. No, just like you can take some of like these lesser characters and actually Turn them into a whole fucking like franchise. Like I think like Marvel's doing that now. Finally, with like you know like we're getting you know Guardians of the Galaxy and then and even the Eternals. Man, they're like fuck. Yeah. You can even say that, that Marvel started off with a B list character with Iron Man. Well, Iron right, Man to, was not exactly yeah, 100%. right. Like I
0: was thinking that. I'm like that's like same kind of uh, concept as how they approached Iron Man. It's like nobody knows this character. Mm-hmm. We're gonna make people care about him and. Like So maybe this does kick off a new kind of era of DC where, yeah, like it, it opens up all these possibilities that just weren't on the table before.
2: You've got a character, Peacemaker, who has a bedpan on his head played by John Cena and we love him and we love him. So, yes, you can do anything you want to, I feel, at this point in D.C. If you get the right people behind this. I really mm-hmm. hope that this sends a message to Warner Brothers that they really should be reaching out to some of, like, the new and upcoming, uh, you know, young directors and things like that. And maybe get out of the camp of, like... We've got to get like maybe, you know, and I love Zack Snyder. Don't get me wrong, but like maybe get out of bed with like some of like these, you know, established directors that have done things and just fucking, you know, it's out with the old in with the new. Let's see what they can do with this new regime. Yeah. You know, PCO, we've
1: always complained about this for a long time. Like you don't have to cram Batman and Superman into every DC movie. Like it's what's crazy is exactly what you're talking about is one of the problems with the original Suicide Squad movie where you've got to cram the flash in, you got to cram the Joker in and you got to have a Batman appearance. Like even then Mm. they couldn't let the new IP breed on its own that they felt they had to inject all this other stuff. And yeah, I also completely agree just on the creative standpoint. It's like, let's get some, some young new talent in and let them be creative and don't, Force it so you have to force their hand because they're doing some shared universe Superman thing. There's like DC has so many of these characters, like, they haven't even scratched the surface of doing what Marvel did and taking all these characters that aren't the big three and making awesome movies out of them. Like, DC just can never seem to get like more than one or two feet below Batman and Superman, and it's always been Mm -hmm. one of their biggest fucking problems.
2: Yeah, yeah. Mm.
0: When is Zatanna happening? <laughs> That's what I want to see. Right? There's, yeah, there's, there's such an incredible cast of characters, both on like the kind of good and evil side that they haven't even touched.
1: Yeah, right? give me and my Plastic like, Man.
0: <laughs> yeah, especially like oh, with nice. the special effects we have, we can do things that we couldn't have done ten years ago. You couldn't have done like Plastic Man ten years ago. You couldn't do Starro ten years ago. So it's like we are in this place of like, do the thing, just take the risk, write a crazy story. But as long as, yeah, the right people are involved there, they have a connection to the material and they're able to bring these characters to life. Like, that's what we're, the audience is going to connect with. Mm-hmm. Is these, these character moments are what make the things, the action moments have levity and weight.
1: Yeah, I would love to see James Gunn after Suicide Squad do like the
2: JSA do like that like griffin area you know, like era Ooh. jsa type of stuff oh my god uh, i think i think you just made joe vitale fucking <laughs> you made joe vitale just fucking come in his pants right now by saying that jake
1: i mean there's so many that's the same thing as like a guardians or a suicide squad where there's all these characters that they just haven't even like gotten close yeah. to using or bringing to life on the screen like there's just such a wealth of really cool stuff they could do Yeah, I mean, they've got Legion. They haven't even even thought about doing Legion. I mean, DC is just so weird where they have like they can look over and see what Marvel's doing. And just like you said, Iron Man even himself is was a nobody character that they started this whole thing with. But they they just seem determined not to get more than a movie or two past Batman or Superman.
2: Even well, even in the animated stuff, it's like they feel like they have to if they make like a Justice League Dark movie, they have to throw Batman in there. It's they're Mm -hmm. very scared. And I and I think that it's a testament to like James Gunn to be like, you know what, I can make a fucking I can make a Suicide Squad movie without Batman. I can make a Suicide Squad movie without Superman showing up. In this verse, I would still love to see him fucking direct Henry Cavill. I think that that would be fucking incredible. But anyway, let's talk about this talk, let's talk about this Peacemaker post-credit scene. I guess we could talk about Weasel showing up. I mean, that was I mean, that, that run that, the run was the great. Run. I love the fact that they compared him to a werewolf. And of course, when he comes back, there's a full moon. <laughs> <laughs> a full moon. <laughs> but, <laughs> Peacemaker. Let's talk about this Peacemaker post credit scene. Um, we've got uh, Steve Agee playing John Economos and Amelia uh, – Jennifer Holland playing Amelia Harcourt – and, uh, they show up in this piece. Who is playing with an erector set over there? It is not I. Somebody's putting together some sort of like amazing Lego creation or something. Like, to, <laughs> at least if you're going to like put the Legos together, show me what the final product is in the chat message on, on, on Skype.
0: I <laughs> <laughs> nailed it. Nailed
2: it! (laughs) Is someone putting together the Ecto One Lego set? (laughs) I keep hearing these random clicking noises.
1: Yeah, I hear it too.
2: (laughs) It's a clickety clack going on. I didn't know if maybe Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz was wanting to go home during this episode. She just got home home.
1: Won't hear the clicking
2: anymore. Jesus Christ, our- alright. <laughs> There's no place like shutting the fuck up on a suicide squad review. <laughs> oh
1: my god. Dude, I, um, I had to leave the theater early on my first showing. And so I, knowing that it was on HBO Max, I was just like, oh, I'll just watch the post credit sequence at home. Yeah. And like, it was hilarious. Cause like on me and Michelle's drive home, we were talking about like, well, I guess that Peacemaker show is going to be a prequel. And then uh, we come home and watch the scene. And it's like, Oh my God.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I and here's the thing. It's like they, nobody can say that, Oh, warner brothers forced them to fucking do this peacemaker setup for this peacemaker show this is a hundred percent james gunn because james gunn is directing five of the peacemakers eight episodes that were Ooh. all written by him nice. so i don't know who did they the other Shoot it? what's that
1: yeah i believe so did they already start shooting
2: I, I think they have started shooting. It's coming out January 16th on HBO Max. So, yeah. Oh, I think they must that, have already shot it. Yeah. Him, yeah. Um, but, yeah, Peacemaker is still alive. And uh, why do they need Peacemaker after the events of the Suicide Squad? Well, he apparently is going to save the fucking world so um i what i think is interesting about this uh series is the fact they've already done some casting for this one they've got they've cast uh freddy stroma as vigilante as as the character vigilante uh, who is a uh, in the comics a district attorney who is also a crime fighter and he also has a uh, healing factor, kind of like Wolverine. And this is the news I'm really excited for: is that they've cast Robert Patrick, the T1000, as Peacemaker's father, Augie. Oh, nice.
5: Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. And he was really great in True Blood. He played Alcide's dad in that.
2: Oh yeah, he was really good in that as well. Did you Oh, I don't know if he Did you watch the the Did you watch any of The Walking Dead this past season?
5: No, I I've, I've never watched the I read enough of the comic to to realize the IP wasn't really for me, and so when the show came on, I was like, been there, done that. And okay. So I never jumped on board with it.
2: Well, they they uh he was in an episode, one episode of uh I think it was was it season 10 or 11, the the latest one that came out, but uh he was an episode of that. But they've um Oh who else did they cast? They cast Ah oh, what's his fucking name? In this in this movie we saw um Doctor Fitzgibbon, who I think was played by John Ostrander. Well his yep. his son they've cast his son in this I can't remember the name of the actor. I um I, I think it's Lachlan Monroe. Hold on. Yeah, La- I think it's Lachlan Monroe is who they cast as his son in the Peacemaker series, and he's playing the son of Doctor Fitzgibbon in this in the Peacemaker series. I think that's who it is. But yeah, um, I'm really looking forward to this Peacemaker series after the fact, because Jake, I I too was thinking once the movie ended and we started the credits, I was like, okay, the Peacemaker series is going to be a prequel. And no, like this is going forward in the story. Yeah.
1: It it was just so wild to like, for like about 12 minutes, just like the movie was so exciting. I just couldn't wait for more. And Peacemaker is that more. And I was just like, my idea of what that show was going to be just radically shifted 12 minutes later. Yeah. Well,
2: okay.
0: It's like he likes playing Gotcha, right? Like the whole movie, he's like, you're not going to know this person dies. They're going to die. There's like all these (laughs) moments where we're like, damn it, James Gunn, you got me again. Well, if you
2: look at, if you look at like when Weasel dies in the, and I think Weasel's Mm going to come back in the Peacemaker series, guys. I can't see James Gunn not bringing Sean Gunn back. So I think Weasel's going to come back in some capacity in the Peacemaker series. Uh, But anyway. If, oh god, what was I, I'm drunk guys, I've been drinking, so I forget what I was.
1: You're talking about Peacemaker and what's gonna happen in that series?
2: Yeah, and I don't even remember what I was
1: gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that Weasel's for sure gonna be in it. What...
3: I know, I know. <laughs>
1: Sorry, you're just trying to help. <laughs>
2: i <laughs> trying to jump hard. start the old car. <laughs> it's it's I feel, well this, this car is a Model T that has not been ran since 1932,
3: bro. Stick the wheel.
2: Anyway, hold on. Um uh, it's an 8 episode series. And, oh, here's your answer, Tristan. It's targeting a January 2022 premiere on HBO Max. I think it's uh, – I think they're looking at January 16th is the date that I'm hearing. Um, and James Gunn speak- – they ever release how much money is being put into this? I don't know. Eight episodes, though. That's promising. I wonder how many – How what the length is going to be on on those. Um James Gunn spoke with Collider. Gunn got into some detail about the show from its format to its current status, and this comes from Dark Horizons. The filmmaker confirms that the series will center around one big storyline and will see an ensemble cast go on a full journey with all six key characters. I can actually see that they will probably have some episodes that will feature these characters probably maybe a hundred percent of the episode. Maybe, maybe we won't get Cena in every episode. They might just do like a, an episode where we get, uh, you know, Steve Agee and, and Jennifer Holland in like their own episode. I don't know. That'll be interesting, but they got Peacemaker as, uh, you know, John Cena as Peacemaker, Freddie Stroma as Vigilante, um, Danielle Brooks as Leota Adebay- Adebayo, uh, uh, um, Jennifer Holland as Amelia Harcourt, who we saw in this movie. Mm-hmm. Chuck Woody Iwoji as Clemson Mern. And then Steve Agee as John Economos. And Gunn said the switch from his usual arena arena of film to television gives him time to explore the nuances and unique turns of these characters as opposed to a more action-centric feature. Quote – you are able to let things relax. You are able to really, fully focus on the characters. Something can be funny. It can go on for a little while. You get into the nuances of the dramatic relationships that you don't have time for in a movie. And you don't have to constantly uh, have that constantly chugging along pace that you have in a movie. You can t- you can have a scene that doesn't have to do anything in a TV show, but it has such a large format We've got eight hours, ooh, eight hour episodes guys. We've got eight, we've got eight hours of storytelling. We can have something to go off. And it doesn't really need to go to a point A and point B and point C like you do in a movie. So I loved the format of television. I had a blast. Uh, And I think it suited me. he's directing five episodes? He's directing five of the episodes. He's written all of them. I don't know who the other three directors are. Gunn also confirms all the episodes will clock in at – oh, okay. Here we go. We'll clock in at 40 to 44 minutes each and won't vary much unlike many other streaming shows. As for when the show currently stands, it's well into post-production. Uh, quote, it's pretty far along. The first three are pretty much completely edited. Four and five are coming along. They're a little slower because they were directed by other people. Six, I just saw the first cut last night, which I directed. I'm really happy with And then 8 is most of the way edited, and so is 7, which is directed by Brad Anderson. Who's Brad Anderson?
1: I've got all the other directors looked up. One of them is Jody Hill, who directed Eastbound and Down, Jim Stones. Uh, The other one is Brad Anderson, who directed uh, Christian Bale in Machinist. The Machinist. Machinist. And then Rosemary Rodriguez, who directed episodes of The Walking Dead and The Good Wife.
2: Oh wow! Oh, I love the first one that did uh, fucking uh, The Righteous Gemstones and Eastbound and Down. I love I oh that that goes along with I well the, you know that's Danny Jody Hill Jody Hill that's Danny McBride shit. I love. Anything Danny McBride is in, Jesus Christ, I fucking love that guy. It's fucking and yeah, you're
1: right. It's eight episodes, and Gunn does five, and those are the directors of the other three. Uh, Gunn does the first and the last episode, and you just read which episodes he did. But
2: oh. well, look at you! From, look at look at inspiring. no listen. Listen to Jake over there. <laughs> listen to Jake over there. Fact checking me. <laughs> no, I wasn't fact
1: checking you. I, I it felt I like you were fact checking me. He directed, but the first and the last one.
2: It felt like you were fact checking me there, Jake. <laughs>
4: <laughs> wow! I didn't realize he was going to do so many episodes. And Five. He's doing the uh, he's doing the holiday Guardians ep- uh, special and Guardians three. Yeah, so this guy is just a nonstop work machine.
2: I know. I know. I know, Jesus Christ, and 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 he's fucking—he's in a relationship, and he's giving his—he's giving his girlfriend some deep dicking on the side. And this guy's all—you <laughs> know what I mean? This guy, <laughs> what a man! What a man! That's what En Vogue was singing about.
0: What a man! En
2: Vogue,
0: <laughs> for sure, singing about James Gunn. After. They were
2: singing about James Gunn.
0: What a man! What a man! What a man! What a mighty good man. What a, he <laughs> it's cool to hear him hear him talk about uh, about this though because he sounds so inspired like I wonder if that was also kind of part of the deal of like you know I want to do this movie but I also want to have some kind of like spinoff because it's going somewhere really cool and I want to explore this other idea but in this new medium that allows me to be a character focus on character in a way that he doesn't typically do and he's such a character guy that like that's yeah. uh, it's exciting to kind of see, hear him be so enthusiastic and obviously you know, it shows through his involvement, right? Like he's very heavily involved. So it, it seems that like this is gonna be a cool extension. Like what if this becomes a thing where like if you do a movie, you might also be able to do some kind of series afterwards exploring more of the care like Welcome to
2: the Welcome to, the, welcome yeah, to yeah. Disney Plus. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, but I'm saying but the same the same creators, right? Like no, Instead yeah. Having a Wanda team, it's like you have like
2: That's why this jump. series could be better than anything we've ever yeah. fucking seen on Disney exactly. Plus. How cool. I know, and that's crazy to think after like the amazingness that we saw with like Loki, Wanda, and the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Like like at right. the end of the day, like at the end of the day, like this series this Peacemaker series, which sounds insane to me, cause the guy wears a fucking bedpan on his hat. Like, it could be, <laughs> like, it could yeah. be better than anything we've seen on fucking you know, Disney plus and like, and you know, that last Loki series really sets up the universe and like what's going forward. And like, you know, Dr. Strange and the multiverse of madness and stuff like that. And I don't think like a peacemaker series is going to have like that, those kind of like ripples and ramifications, but it doesn't matter to me because I fucking loved this movie so goddamn much that I can't wait to see what happens in the peacemaker series. And the fact that it's like, He's got to save the fucking world, and that it's like this self the self contained story. How did he put it? How did he put it? He's oh god! What? How did he put this? He said it. um, You're able to. It's. uh, I can't find the fucking quote that I want to fucking pull. Um. But it basically – it tells this one – yeah, it it, it will center around one big storyline, and we'll see an ensemble cast go on a full journey with all six key characters. Guys, that means that – okay, six key characters. Interesting. But, like, as far as, like, these six key characters, though, they're going to come across this fucking father in this one. We know that, like, he was kind of pushed by his father to become, like, this expert – With you know weapons and killing and all this shit, just kind of like bloodsport was. So I would imagine. I think it'll be really interesting to see the father of of peacemaker played by you know Robert Patrick playing Augie here. I think that that's going to be really fucking cool when we get that episode. What's that?
1: What's that relationship going to be like? Like is his father, the reason he's the way he is? Yeah is his father yeah. i mean who knows it could go either way
2: maybe his father jake it could be like maybe his father is like even like more vigilant than he is or maybe his father has like you know learned that that's bullshit you know and like it is a he kind of like i can't believe you know i can't believe i raised you this way and blah 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 we don't know we i have no idea what we're gonna get from the from robert patrick azagi uh joe what were you gonna say
5: oh i didn't have anything
2: Oh fuck! Well, well. I, thought, I thought he spoke up for us. I did too! I did too! I'll I, say something. But, uh, please, because Joe fucking... <laughs> Joe basically just took a shit in the mouth of this podcast. Oh man, can I have Joe's cookie now? What's that?
1: Can I have Joe's cookie now? Oh, that cookie's long gone. Oh fuck.
4: <laughs> well the um. The father of uh, Peacemaker in the comic books has some kind of ties to, like, the Nazis or something. So he's definitely going to be, I oh, think, good.
0: So like, well. a
2: bad character. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
0: So wholesome. He has a wholesome childhood is what we're saying here. Yeah. yeah. And that didn't.
2: I lo- Oh, God. I can't wait for the Peacemaker series. Oh, my God, Jake.
5: I, I uh, think- January is going to be here so fast also.
2: Yeah, you know, my birthday's in January, and I feel like James Gunn is just giving me the gift that I've always wanted.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. You don't get the best. Like, January is not usually the greatest month for new, like, movies and television. It's it's one of the worst these days. Like, it used to be kind of February, but it's kind of migrated to lots of big stuff in December and a break in January. Oh, my then, God. Like, Jake,
2: my birthday sucks. Like, my birthday is, like, literally just, like, less than a week after New Year's. And so, like, everybody fucking, like, partied and got drunk on New Year's and does not want to celebrate my birthday <laughs> at all. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a bad day for, like, new entertainment, and, like, getting and... together. Oh, my God. It's a bad day for my birthday, Jake. Let's go back to my birthday. It fucking sucks. I hate my birthday.
1: Yeah, I don't blame you. Everybody's blame partied
2: you. the fuck out on my birthday. It's literally, could, like, if, three days after the new year. Nobody gives a fuck about my the day, the day that I was born. If you could yeah. pick the day that you were born, what would you pick? any day but the day that i i don't know man like (laughs) honestly i would love to have been born like in the summer it would have been it would have been in like june or july or august or something it would not would have it would not have been in january
1: yeah i'm right there with you i do like may or something i got that february one too
2: Well, mine's like, mine's like, I
1: mean, it's not as bad as
2: yours. Mine's like two weeks after Christmas. So my parents are fucking like, when I was a kid, they were fucking like, they were, they were burnt the fuck out on Christmas gifts. So by the time it gets to fucking my birthday, they're just like, Jesus Christ, we got to buy this fucking little (laughs) shithead more. We got (laughs) to. God damn it. Didn't we just give you fucking the Transformers Metroplex? Now what the fuck do we have to buy you on your fucking birthday, you little shit?
1: James Gunn's not going to be like that. He's going to give you some goods this year.
2: Oh, God. Thank you, James Gunn. You're stepping up like my parents never did. (laughs) I know. James
1: Gunn's the better father.
2: (laughs) 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 James Gunn, you're my new daddy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, I can't wait for that Peacemaker show. And I think we kind of talked about it like, man just like we were talking about R-rated movies, if it does gangbusters, it could open up a whole new world for, like, DC characters on television. Like, HBO Max is already kind of trying to push that IP, and DC has already tried to push that before, like, with their own streaming service and everything, but yeah, they could show just a brand new way to do it. I mean, I don't know if it's just going to be magic because it's James Gunn, or if it could also just bring in new creators willing to do more mature, like, superhero stuff with Un- unused IPs as television shows. So Dude, do, Max.
2: do you remember that part in the suicide squad where fucking like John Cena shoots that one guy and fucking um Bloodsport starts criticizing the kill and he, and then the guy fucking the bullet explodes and then, and then, and then John Cena says that, you know, his fucking exploding bullets are dope as fuck.
1: Oh yeah that, that that cracked me up And then
2: fucking Bloodsport turns around and he goes he's right <laughs>
1: yeah the the delivery is great he's like nobody likes to show off and he's like what if they're showing off is dope as fuck
2: (laughs) (laughs) james james gunn um i think he uh this was news from screen rant and he was talking about his next dceu project and he said quote it's going to be unexpected and um uh, he's confirmed that he's not only already started developing his next DCU project, but that it's apparently something unexpected. So, I don't, like, so unexpected, like, if I were to expect something, I would have figured, like, it would have been like, it, it would be like a, kind of like, solo, you know, Harley Quinn movie. But, that feels expected.
1: So what's yeah, a- it's hard it's hard to say. Like when he says it's like unexpected, he may mean from like the, the normal person, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He may not mean from like the Uber fans that kinda have that itch of what might come next from well, what
2: he said in interviews and he's said that he's also wanted to do a Western movie. So some people are speculating that maybe he would get into like maybe the next project would be Jonah Hex. Jonah Hex, yeah, I could see that. That could be really cool.
1: That'd be a good IP for him.
2: Yeah, I mean, I know. Yes, we know. They've already... I know, dude. They did it with Brolin. I, yes, it I was, know. It
1: was bad. We can try again.
2: Yeah, so...
0: Brian, they did it. They did a Jonah Hex movie. I right. just said that with Josh Brolin. <laughs> <laughs> I just said... <laughs> Brian, they already did one. What? 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 <laughs> This is the opposite. I, I heard it was with Josh you, This Josh the. This
2: is the exact opposite of mansplaining, what you're doing right now, Ashley.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I, I read a
1: crazy factoid in an interview where James Gunn said that there is a cameo appearance by a member of the Guardians of the Galaxy in the Suicide Squad movie, and no one has yet to figure it out. So it's like one of those classic. like James Gunn kind of did this with the original Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, the Easter egg that took many years to figure out. So, like, people have been speculating what that could be, and apparently no one has got it at all yet. I, I watched it the second and the third time after reading that interview, kind of thinking about it,
2: and still couldn't really figure anything out.
5: Hmm. Do you think Batista maybe popped by just for a day?
2: Or do you think maybe Vin Diesel did a voice for a character?
1: Mm, that's a good one too that's a good one too i was thinking maybe some kind of groot appearance like just in like the woods or something i i just have no idea he he said he's surprised though he, he in the interview he said it wasn't like as hidden as other things that he's done and he's has have been actually surprised that no one's drawn attention to it yet
4: huh was the first Guardian easter egg ever found
1: uh, I believe it was, but I forget what it was.
2: Well, he offered a million dollars to somebody if they figured out what it was. I haven't heard that. It...
0: Okay, wait.
2: Do you remember so that, Jake? That I, he I said. Thought, he... I thought
0: I thought something during this, and I just looked it up, and I think it actually might be it. So when they're when they're um, when they go to the strip club, the lead dancer. Yeah, we already in the talked about that. Is is Mantis right? So that's yeah. not it.
2: That's not it. Right. Oh, I found it.
5: I found an article go okay thank you it's joe mantis. what <laughs> it says james gunn is teased for a while that there's a guardians of the galaxy easter egg and suicide squad no one managed to find blah 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 mantis um
0: word yes yeah, so discovered
5: weird. palm uh clementiff better known as marvel fans guardians mantis as a red headed dancer in a spanish bar that's so not what you were talking site. about though jake right no, I don't, I, I think that
2: Everyone's found that. Everybody, I fucking, I noticed that the first night when I fucking watched this before everybody else. Yeah, like, I don't
1: I, think, I think it's an actual, like, character. Like, I don't think it's, like, an an actor from the movie playing. Like, that's Yeah, why, because, that's um, why.
4: because if that was the case, yeah, we'd be saying Michael Rooker, you know? It could not yeah, just exactly. be another oh, that's actor.
5: A, that's super valid, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, that was from movieweb.com, so... <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's just a wrong guess. I think that's just everyone's thing. And James Gunn is saying that, no, it's no one quite found it different. yet.
0: Okay.
2: God damn it.
0: I know, right? Was so- that was like I the what's it. on
2: first of like fucking <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy
0: DCEU
2: Easter eggs. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, they were the same news back to back. <laughs>
2: Where's going? That was that we're going in circles. I felt you like know
1: they already made a Jonah Hex movie. <laughs> no,
0: so, You will not believe this, but I swear to God Josh Rowland is FUCK God damn. And he is Jonah Hex, dude. <laughs> <laughs> crazy, dude. Ryan just tried his headphones on. He's out. He's out of here. <laughs>
2: you are you i feel like i feel like no i feel like i feel like carl winslow and you are urkel right now you're you are (laughs) making you are making me so angry (laughs) i feel That,
1: that's a great metaphor.
2: <laughs> I want, if, if if nobody's noticed it yet, and he's saying it's fucking obvious as shit, what the fuck is it, dude?
1: Yeah, no idea. No idea. So that, that'll that be interesting. I, I hope James Gunn does a commentary track for this. I would love when this comes out on digital to to just watch this with James Gunn just talking about the whole experience. Oh, God, I yeah. I just can't wait to see more. Like, I've read so much about how much fun the cast had making this, how cool the sets were, like how many practical effects there were. Like, I really want to see this get the two hour DVD extra feature treatment. Like I, I just want to eat up all the behind the scenes stuff of this so bad.
2: Jake, one of my favorite fucking things that, uh, happened within the past couple years was, uh, in November, December of 2019, when Ryan Johnson released his, uh, audio commentary for knives out. And, he would tell you when to hit play when the movie started. And I actually had earbuds in my ear and I went to see knives out in the theater and I hit play on it, man. And I fucking watched knives out with the Ryan Johnson commentary as I'm watching the movie in the theater with other people that are probably watching it for the first time. And I got to hear that commentary. I would love to see more directors take that approach. That was like for like cinephiles, dude, that was so much fucking fun. That was an amazing experience for me. And honestly, Jake, it made me love knives out that much more. I loved it to begin with, but it made me love it that much more that I went back again to watch it post director's commentary because I loved everything that he was talking about in that movie so much. And like his experience and like, You know, like talking about working with Jamie Lee Curtis, talking about, you know, working with Michael Shannon and all these, you know, different actors and like, you know, where they were filming and all this. It just made me want to watch the movie again because I'm focusing on like what he's saying that time that I went back. and I think I watched that movie like a total, like four times in the theater, dude. Yeah, I don't fucking blame you. And like
1: it would be so with today's technology, with everyone having a smartphone, it's like no biggie to like just drop like a commentary track where you could just like download off of like podcast catcher basically yeah, and sync it up. Like the technology is so easy. No one has to buy any additional thing to make that happen. I I would love to see more of that too. I've always been, that's one of the things that they really don't do as many commentary tracks for movies anymore. It used to be like for a good 10 year stretch, even more that every single movie, whether you wanted it or not would have a commentary track. And, you just don't see as much of that anymore. And I would love to see that for this movie.
2: Is there a commentary track? This is like not even about Guardians. Is there a commentary yeah. track Jake for um, big trouble in little China? Cause I want to hear that.
1: I'm pretty sure there is. Yes. I think Carpenter and Kurt Russell are on it.
2: I bought the blu-ray for it, but I think it's still in the plastic. I haven't taken it out of the package yet. I just bought it cause it was like cheap as shit. And I love that movie. Maybe I'm going to check and see if there's a commentary track because, dude, that movie's a lot deeper than people give it credit for. It's really good. One,
1: one of the greatest top 10 commentary tracks is still the uh, Taiko Watiti for uh, Thor Ragnarok. Like, that commentary track is the thing of legends.
2: I have not listened to that to this day. Oh, oh
1: man, you need
2: to. It is, it is
1: ridiculous.
2: Dude, uh, I bought the vinyl um, for Suicide Squad on Mondo.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I need to get on that. I love the Starro design it's got on the record.
2: There's two designs. You can get the black one or you can like classic black or you can get the Starro design. And I bought the Starro design. It's twenty five yeah. bucks and with shipping it comes to like thirty, so Yeah,
1: yeah that, that's that's a good price. I mean that's how much a vinyl is these days anyway. Is yeah. anywhere from like twenty to thirty bucks. So anything in that range you're not getting ripped off and yeah, that's really cool. That's it's not going to be one that's going to be like at Barnes and Nobles. Like you got to get it off like one of these specialty websites.
2: Real quick, quick question: Have they ever done a Jonah Hex movie? I'm- <laughs> <laughs> it has Josh Brolin yeah. in it. I, just I was just going to say, I, I sure. actually
0: have a special edition vinyl of the commentary for Jonah Hex. That's so great. <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: I can honestly, I can only I didn't hear anything you said, Jake. I can only hear Jonah Hex responses from Ashley. <laughs> so I, I need Ashley have they ever done a Jonah Hex movie and if so who did they have in the lead role I'm
0: curious <laughs> I heard they were looking at Travis Brolin but I'm not sure if he actually <laughs> got the part but I heard he was a front runner um <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. oh my god guys I love this movie I love it so much any I don't know do we have any jake do we have anything left did we i feel like I feel like we've invaded this movie more than fucking the thinker invaded starro no. yeah no. allegedly oh, man
3: I know. Uh.
2: allegedly
1: I think it was a little less perverse than that but but probably just as much the amount was the same
2: oh my god i love Tristan did you god damn it is this like not tristan where does this rank as far as the movies that you've seen in in 2021
4: 2021 um yeah it's up there i mean if it's not number one it's number two like i'm trying to think what my list would be right now i really like the quiet place too Um, yeah i I did too above that because it's just such you know more inventive
2: yeah Jake, there's like, there's, uh, Jake, there's like two movies for me this year. Like when I think of 2021 yes, since, so far. Since
1: Psycho Gorman. Yes,
2: yes. 2021 <laughs> has been s- The Suicide Squad and Psycho Gorman for me. Like those have been like the two yeah. movies that that I'm just like super obsessed with this year. Those are the two.
0: <laughs> I heard they're making a sequel, a Psycho Gorman. <laughs> with um, Josh Brolin? To, featuring, uh, Jonah. <laughs> <laughs> That's I living, and living I heard
2: exciting. that I heard that the thinker is going to show up in it, and they're going to call it Jonas Sacks. Yes, that's,
0: yes. Oh. <laughs> that's computer.
2: <laughs> <Walks away. laughs> that is super creepy. Um, what the fuck was I going to say, Joe? Man, where does this movie? I want to know. Like, where does this movie rank for you, dude? Twenty twenty one.
5: Right at the top of the list, man. This, yeah. I love this movie so much, and it's one that I'm going to revisit over and over. Um, I wanted to see this in the theater. I had my ticket all bought, and then ended up getting the first cold that I've had since January of 2020. So I canceled my ticket and watched it at home instead. And you know, definitely when I'm feeling better, sometime within the next couple of weeks, I'm going to go out and see this in the theater because I want to see it on a big screen. And uh, yeah, I just I. I had a feeling I was going to like this movie just because I tend to like James Gunn stuff, and yeah, I I just it blew me away. I could I I'd, I wouldn't imagine that I was going to love it this much. And what's funny too is even though it's rated R, um, you know, I watched it and I'm like, well, oh, it's really just for language and blood and stuff like that. And so I asked both my my kids, I was like, you guys want to watch this with me? And they're like <laughs> 11 and 13, and they're like, yeah, absolutely, like, Hell yeah. <laughs> So we watched oh, it this morning. Cool. They absolutely loved it, too. Oh, that's awesome. So this is one ever. that will be getting. Yeah, this is one that will be getting watched a lot in my household for sure.
2: Oh, my God. The first person that gets on social media and posts like a Starro tattoo. Fucking high five to that person. Starro face tattoo. Oh, okay, Mike Tyson, chill out, dude. What the fuck? Staro? no. Jake, no, 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 no. Do not do that. Do not.
1: Yeah, if you get a Starro face tattoo, you get first billion on episode 400. No.
0: <laughs> it's like, it's here, it's just a tiny Starro.
4: <laughs> I'll take There's it. There's a question I'll What? that what Marvel property do you guys think even has a chance of living up to this?
2: Explain that question. That's a tough, cause I mean, like, are you talking I mean, about do like, you see any Marvel movies surpassing this? Well, I mean, like this year. This year. this year. Oh, fuck.
1: Maybe so, Spider-Man. If they, if, they really do a great job with combining the Toby Maguire and the Andrew Garfield and the Alfred Molina and the Jamie Foxx. Like if they can pull that off, that's just such, that's going to be such a magical feat. Like that's yeah. going to be so charming and amazing if they do it well and they don't, it's not cringe fever.
2: Yeah. I'm yeah. going to, I'm just going to say no.
1: <laughs> yeah. No is probably the right answer. I was just trying to think of a answer. It's so apples and oranges. Like until, until Marvel decides to just like, let loose, like, creatively and, mm-hmm. and do some stuff, like, rated R and with no fucking limitations. It, it's never gonna be anything close to, like, what happened here.
0: Yeah, I but just, as far as, like, storytelling like, go, Marvel effects exactly. fades. Exactly. Cause like the thing about all those Marvel movies too is they ultimately, while they're telling their story, they're still connected now to the bigger thing. Spider-Man is connecting to multiverse and like all these pieces are connected. So that's kind of a, that's a, it's an advantage that DC has because it, they can make their stories kind of outside of that timeline. Um, and outside of that pressure of I have to put, you know, fill into the continuity at whatever point. So it, it gives them a leg up. Whereas I, I feel like in some ways that, that does kind of hinder Marvel, so they have to be more creative inside those lines. Um, so it's, yeah. it's, it's interesting, it's a right? Like, yeah, exactly. Trade off. Because
1: exactly. the long form storytelling is super fun and super exactly. rewarding when yeah. done right. Yeah. But the, there's something about the one and done where you can just like, there's no leash. Like there's, you don't mm-hmm. have to connect dot A to dot B. I Both both are very valid forms of storytelling and can be very rewarding. It's just we have yet to get the other one from Marvel. We've yeah. seen attempts right. at both from DC.
2: I, I, you know, I'm, I'm seriously like, I'm super fucking hyped for Shang Chi. Like, I can't wait for that movie. But like, I can't, I can't see at the end of the day where I'm just going to be like, I. I I think i'm gonna love that movie but i don't think at the end of the day i'm gonna be like oh my god that was like i will never be able to compare it like we were trying to compare guardians thinking about
0: it yeah yeah like, where i
2: can't stop can't thinking it about it,
0: it. this movie's yeah. a
1: life-changing well, Marvel experience has a in a lot of ways yeah.
2: it's a it is a life-changing experience dude i fucking yeah i can't stop thinking about this fucking movie and like how fucking cool it was there were so many fucking like cool upon cool moments in this fucking movie i'm talking about like harley quinn's fucking action scene and then it goes the fucking polka dot man's arc being completed and then it goes to fucking like idris elba fucking falling from level to level to level come face to face with fucking peacemaker and then i'm just like oh my god and then Staro and like all these fucking amanda waller fucking losing their shit and no,
0: motherfuckers I'll, fuck, I'll fucking kill you
2: and i'm just like oh my god like like this is shit that we don't get in a marvel movie and i would and I'm not saying that Marvel movies have to do that stuff to be entertaining. That's not the case. Like I got exactly what I wanted from Endgame and I fucking loved it and I ate that shit up. This is it's just like, like it's
0: all ice cream. They're just like a different flavors, right? It's like sometimes yeah. you want chocolate, sometimes you want strawberries, sometimes you want mint chocolate chips, sometimes you want Ben and G- you know like
2: Boom. Yes. <laughs> Yes. They're delicious,
0: they're all great, but they're very different in, yeah. in what you're getting, but it doesn't mean that they're they're not valid in their own valuable.
2: Right, fucking uh, Endgame was Chunky Monkey, this was Cherry Garcia, you know <laughs> exactly.
0: what I mean?
1: Exactly. <laughs> Aquaman was fish food, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> Jake, I see what you did there. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh it was just it was just like you know endgame had just like these insane incredible fucking moments and but this just i don't know this 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 did something on kind of like a lower scale but just as epic to me you know and, i i don't know, you know I, it's hard interesting to
0: difference too like between those is like Endgame gave us the moments we had been waiting for, and yeah. then we were like, "Fuck yeah!" It was a culmination. Endgame. It was, it was like, a yes. culmination. All of that, but we didn't know what we were gonna get ultimately. Like we had an yeah. idea. We know James Gunn. We know the Suicide <laughs> Squad. We know we know the characters. We kind of know what's happening, but like at so many points, we were like, "What the fuck is happening?" Like, oh, this person's dying. Like all these moments where there were like those gotchas and those surprises and those clever. Yeah clever tricks happen so frequently that you're like wow this is something really cool that yet yeah, we haven't really been able to see because of Marvel but I'm just shocked and pleasantly surprised that DC was able to did this not that DC doesn't make good movies but by no means am I also like one or the other but <laughs> but it's, it's one of those things where you're like Like I already thought it was gonna be good and it surpassed those expectations on a level that I I didn't even know I didn't even know they were gonna go there and they went there kind of. Well it's
2: like it's like you know, I guess the only thing that we could kinda like really wonder about this movie going into it is like, you know, how is James Gunn after how is James gonna write Harley? How is he gonna write Harley? And we got that answer and now I don't wanna look back. Is that you know what I mean? Like Like, I don't want to look back because I loved I love the collaboration between James Gunn and Margot Robbie so much. And I feel like I if if this is the last time that we see James Gunn work with Margot Robbie, that's fucking criminal.
0: Yeah, it's a disservice it is to the whole thing because they, I agree. They, they really built on, on all of those pieces to a point where like, it gives you this really cool, optimal Harley where you're like, yes, I'm like the, everything really came together for her. Naturally. Right? finally And Nat- so now you're like, yes. I can't go back to like you giving me this half ass versions of Harley. She needs to be at least this good, if not better.
2: Totally so a half ass version of Harley in this, in the, in the first movie. I feel like, I really enjoyed her in Birds of Prey, but I feel like James Gunn, like, watched Mm -hmm. Birds of Prey and said, like, where would Harley be now? Right. Where would Harley be now as a character? And he took it in a place where I feel like no one else would have taken it. And, like, that scene where she says, that's a red flag and shoots dude in the fucking chest. I was just, dude, my theater, everybody was shocked. It was yes, 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 gag, crazy.
1: That's what was so brilliant about it, though, is that Mm -hmm. yes, he did new things with Harley, but he also didn't ignore the past. Like it felt like a natural evolution of the character, rather than just like a a soft reboot of the character. And that's why.
2: I don't wanna see that I don't wanna see Harley in the hands of anybody else post this movie. Like I feel like the natural progression of that character should be handled by James Gunn. And I feel like the next movie that he's doing, this unexpected movie, I would love to see Harley Quinn, Poison Ivy, James Gunn. Let's do this.
1: Yeah. Yeah, much like Birds of Prey, just make it another Birds of Prey. But, like, it's not a direct sequel, you know? It's just more Harley. I, that would be great. Well, I they would love... To... would not want to use that name, though, after what happened with Birds of Prey.
2: Well, I would love to see, you know, Black Canary and those canary characters move on to, like, another kind of, mm-hmm. you know, project, a solo project on their own. Where, you know, and hopefully... You know they'll they'll get some good people behind those characters because I, I I did enjoy I did enjoy the supporting cast and and Birds of Prey and would like to see Agreed. those characters again in further projects. But as far as like you know like I guess there's like duos and shit that we get sick of in Hollywood. I got really sick of Tim Burton and Johnny Depp there for a while. But as far as like this being like. This is the new hotness, you know, like fucking James Gunn and Margot Robbie. I want to see these two work together again. Absolutely, oh, for sure.
1: you don't get sick of it the second time. You get sick of it the fifth time. Yeah, so, like it, yeah. let's at least see it a couple more times. Yeah, and uh, I'm not gonna lie. I've been trying to think of more Ben and Jerry's jokes the entire like last five minutes. And uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've got. Uh, I love that. I
1: love I've that. got a uh, BVS. Dawn of Justice is the uh, half base. <laughs>
2: Oh. <laughs> 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 no, that would have been that would have been suicide. That, no, that would have been the Justice League since it was m- half of it was yeah, Joss yeah. Whedon. Yeah. Literally,
0: <laughs>
1: literally. It's <laughs> <laughs> good. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
2: Jake man. is Jake is googling Ben and Jerry flavors as we speak.
1: <laughs> yeah, I couldn't think of anything for caramel sutra. Um
2: <laughs> yeah, that that would have been that would have been
0: me do a lit.
2: That would have been the <laughs> the thinker, the thinker in this
0: movie. <laughs> it's <love> story. Yes.
2: <laughs> oh, Guys, any final thoughts on the suicide squad?
1: Um, other than I need to get that fucking vinyl too. Not really. I think we did it.
2: Jake, buy the vinyl, dude. Yeah, definitely. Don't let that shit sell out, bro.
1: No, I want that. I want it for sure.
5: Yeah, I'm really hoping that what we got here is going to be indicative of what's going to be more to come in the DCEO. I hope the Warner Brothers execs really get their eyes opened by this. And really, I hope they just back a fucking dump truck up full of money to James Gunn's house and say, please lead us into the light. Please give us more hits.
2: He's like fucking like they're like, Moses, take us to the promised land. <laughs> I hope that that's what happens. Yeah. Oh my! I do yeah. too. I really do too. I hope this is a turning point, Jake, uh, Joe, because because I think that uh, that that DC Warner Brothers is in a desperate need of that right now, and you know, I, I like I said earlier, you know, competition breeds success, and I want to see success on both sides. Because if oh, the, yeah. if Warner Brothers can continue to, you know, uh, make great shit like this, then that's gonna push Kevin Feige that much farther. It's gonna push exactly. him that much more to make great Marvel shit. Not get complacent, you know? I, you know, like, when you're top dog, I guess it's easy to kinda just fucking be complacent with things like l- look at ne- hold on look at Netflix look at Netflix I I I, lo- I you know I love Netflix I would not ever get rid of my Netflix subscription but they pump out a lot of bullshit right mm-hmm. Oh yeah You know they yes. they the- Netflix right now is the content kings they're the content kings I can I can over fucking quantity l- Yes yes it's quantity over quality sometimes and I feel like like Not everybody has been jumping on board, you know, Apple TV Plus, but honestly, Apple TV Plus, as far as quality goes, I feel like they're the leaders in the game right now. They're the leaders right now as far as quality, but they're not putting out the quantity as Netflix. And that's like if if you put a gun to my head and said, are you going to give up Netflix or are you going to give up Apple TV Plus? I'm gonna give up Apple TV Plus because on the I do want I do want new shit all the time. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm so, and I know there's gonna be people that think I'm crazy right now. You're gonna give up Ted Lasso. You're gonna give up. You're gonna give up. You're gonna give up Ted Lasso. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm go- I'm going to be- give up Ted Lasso. I'm going to give up Ted Lasso. I'm going to give up physical. I'm going to give up, you know, the new series, Mr. Corman. I'm going to give up all these fucking series that, that that Apple's putting out because, like, Netflix is putting out so much fucking shit on the regular that I, I just can't keep up with it sometimes. And there's going to be some gems in there. But, um I don't know why I'm talking about this, and we've been talking about Suicide Squad the whole time. I don't know how we got here. Hey, is Josh Brolin in the Jonah Hex movie? (laughs)
0: Let me – actually, Brian, really quick. I'll look it up on IMDb really quick. Let's just see let's just see i think i think you i think so yeah
2: <laughs> oddly enough <laughs> you know what
0: i'm gonna get a, a tattoo of jonah hex with sorrow on his cheek on my face and excuse me like this really meta fucking thing and i'll never forget i'm
2: minute. gonna fucking no. hold you to that shit
5: the savage that gets starro tattooed on their starfish oh shit
2: oh my god can you imagine that would be amazing if somebody fucking actually had starro on their fucking rusty sheriff's badge like tattooed it's
0: a decoration you know especially if you get the eye detail like right on the butthole you know (laughs) (laughs) so then you look at it and it's looking back at you
1: that sounds so painful (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> can feel good.
2: I don't know. That might give me a tingly down there. I might like it. <laughs>
0: you didn't know what you were into. I didn't
2: know, oh, but yeah, until today, I was. Done. To.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's a, a, a some corner of Pornhub somewhere but that-
2: <laughs> and I will find that out tonight. Um, that <laughs> <laughs> you, oh man, you you are my butthole tattoo muse, Ashley. <laughs> what an honor. Uh, yeah, this is our Suicide Squad episode, guys. And uh, yeah. Oh, real quick, Jake, a uh, uh, little announcement here. We are coming back next week. Got a new episode next week. But the week after, the the final weekend of August, I'm taking it off, dude. We're no episode.
4: Good
1: for you. Nice. We'll have to post a uh, PCL classic.
2: <laughs> sure. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: that, yeah, that's going to happen. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag fake news. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we are going to be, I'm just, I like to give, I at least like to give people, uh, two weeks notice, Jake. I like to give people two weeks notice. So final weekend of August, there will be no episode, but we will be returning, uh, the next week. And the next week after that will be our Shang-Chi review. So yeah. So yeah. close. So close.
0: I know, right? There's so many... Can so you... Like, bl- the, train, the train is on what now. What the like fuck? We're getting content all the time. Okay. But we get What If next week?
2: We get What If next week, and then Ooh. we get Shang-Chi, and then in September, aren't we getting fucking Venom Let There Be Carnage in September as well? Yeah, I think that's right, September for that. Yeah. And then fucking Eternals in November, and then fucking Spider-Man... No way home in December. It's fucking. It's it's just Marvel rific after this. Yeah, and then more
1: morbius in January.
0: <laughs> Hawkeye in what October?
2: Well, we get, Hawkeye was um,
0: December. Uh, well, and well, Hawkeye and Miss Marvel because uh, they said that Miss Marvel was going to premiere by the end of the year.
4: Yeah, but then something else came out saying that it might actually come out next year. I think. That, oh, uh, thanks,
0: Victoria Alonzo for all of your- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
2: Hawkeye's
1: November 24th.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay.
2: Okay. Are we, hey, Joe, Tristan, Ashley, are we getting Vincent D'Onofrio and Hawkeye? Yes.
5: I hope so. I think so.
0: That, that just seems like a match made in heaven, right? Like that is just a perfect little transition. You play it up like like the, the comic, right? Like the Fraction series where it has like the goons and something with that. And I, I love it.
2: And I'm not talking oh, right. about him playing Kingpin. I'm just talking about Vincent D'Onofrio, the man.
0: Oh, you don't think <laughs> he would look right?
2: No, he's just going to show up as gonna
0: be the lead in Jonah Hex. It's gonna,
2: gonna it's gonna be like it's gonna be like that movie, Being John Malkovich, but like instead, like Hawkeye goes into like <laughs> he finds a doorway into Vincent D'Onofrio's brain. <laughs> Weird well, show. Oh yeah, Hawkeye's going to yes, get fucked right. up, Jake. Very. It's going to get <laughs> fucked up. Hawkeye's gonna be weird. No, man, I would fucking love to see him come back. I love I love Vinny D. Um Anyway. Yeah, hey Joe. Joe Don't
5: Where- have to be goose. <laughs> <laughs> jake didn't get that but no
2: yeah jake when the fuck are you ever gonna watch that wasn't a, that wasn't a captain
1: marvel reference
2: yeah right <laughs> when the fuck are you ever gonna watch top gun bro before Where? top gun 2 yeah
1: oh god it's
2: oh god you know what's gonna fucking drive me crazy joe is when fucking when jake says yeah, yeah i watch i watch top gun and i i yeah, I'll give it a high taste. I'm gonna fuck I'm gonna fucking lose my shit. My gut says
1: I'm not gonna like it at all.
2: Probably not. Oh my Lick god.
1: It's gotta it's be It's nineteen eighty nine. Okay.
2: You well know, no, that movie was nineteen eighty six, dude. Yeah, was, oh yeah, it was way before that. I played out. the yeah.
1: shit out of out of
2: the Nintendo game. It, that oh, game was so terrible. Cruel. Fuck that game. <laughs> that ever if you ever tried to land that motherfucker in that game, it was impossible. It was fucking impossible. That fuck that Top Gun video game. It was the one of the worst games ever made. <laughs> Nintendo Entertainment System did not live up to the name that day because I was not entertained. It, it did not take your breath away. It did. Top Gun game. Oh god, that song. That song still nice. takes my breath away. <laughs> oh god. Uh, who, who sang that? Who is that song by? Who is that group? Berlin. Berlin. I don't know
0: why I know that, but I was obsessed with that song. What's crazy
2: so. is that the new trailer, the music that was done by Top Gun Maverick, was by Blitz Berlin. And they did the music for the Psycho Gorman movie.
1: Oh shit! I wondered how you knew that just right
2: off the top of your head. Because I, I, well, yeah, I was. I, I interviewed those guys from Blitz Berlin, Jake. That's why. Jake is like, I don't. I didn't realize that you interviewed those guys, and it's because Jake doesn't follow anything that I do. Jake doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you interviewed those
1: guys. Oh, sh- oh sure, oh sure, you did.
2: Connection. Sure you did. Just, just like, just like you know that Top Gun's been a movie that you can watch for the past thirty plus fucking years too. you're you the you the fucking husband that hasn't cleaned out the garage yet (laughs) i I, I really had like no desire to see
1: top gun i'm not gonna lie about it it's just like it felt like one of those things that i didn't see it in its heyday and maybe it wouldn't hold up so
2: it's not it's not you're gonna let me down you're gonna watch that movie not gonna like it and you're gonna let me down Is it
4: one of those movies that has so many pop culture references that you just feel like you've already seen it, Jake?
1: It's a little bit like that, yeah. Like I've joked before, I've seen Hot Shots. Does that count?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Mm. That that joke makes me—it angers me every time, Jake.
1: (laughs) 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 I don't know. Maybe I will like it though. I do like a lot of the Tom Cruise movies
3: of that Don't
2: you? Don't you dare get my hopes up, you little fuck. Don't I, mean, you I like risky I like risky business. I like Days of Thunder. You can't I like play topic. with your heart like
0: that. Yeah,
2: so I don't know. Maybe I will like it. Days of Thunder. Oh my god. One of the best fucking racing scenes takes place between two guys in wheelchairs. <laughs> that's what like see no, honestly, honestly, I yeah, would that's I, a great call. Yeah. Thank you. Intense. Intense, great Jake. Movie.
1: All right, it's a great movie. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I will. I like I like dumb Tom Cruise movies. I like even fucking stupid ass Far and Away.
2: I love Far and Away. Don't no. Don't it's say it's I, I
0: liked it. Him but... with Nicole Kidman. Yes, that, know, like, is st- a- that is not that is not stupid I really ass. I like that movie too.
2: That is a great <laughs> fucking movie. I love Far and Away. <laughs> Just, you just, you even, trying to, like, admit that you like that movie, and then you gotta put, like, this fucking asterisk stupid-ass movie in front of it. Like, no. I just don't
1: think it's highly regarded or remembered
2: anymore. Well, fuck the masses, bro. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Far and away. It's fucking awesome. I love that movie. I love it. They plant it. It's
0: my favorite movie, Jake, so thanks. (laughs) I feel great.
2: (laughs) She's she's like Josh Brolin was in that movie and he played Jonah Hex.
0: <laughs> it was his precursor to the role of playing Jonah
2: Hex. <laughs> yeah. Ashley, you you are weird as shit, and I love you.
0: I, the thing is, for years I, I I fought it and I was like, why? Why am I no? It? I, just, I live the weird and I I embrace it because yes! it's fun it's that's more
2: fun honestly wait that's the thing that i i honestly think that i am a weird motherfucker and like i yeah embrace that fucking shit bring out the weirdness fuck oh, yeah. it
0: exactly yeah it makes shit interesting
2: yeah you and your conventional bullshit go to
0: hell go to hell, hell? <laughs> normies. <laughs> oh, yeah,
2: fucking normies norms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah listen listen to your npr you fucking pussholes <laughs> <laughs> this is pcl baby this is pcl we do things differently here and i embrace the weirdness and that's why i love having ashley on so yeah is that a mean thing to say or is it no is that complimentary it should no, be complimentary i, I think it as a compliment right? yeah
0: because yeah i i i enjoy Weird and interesting. I think so, yeah. I think absolutely
2: I, a I think Ashley's. I think she. I think she's funny. I. I you. You have this. You have this amazing. Like eh, now I'm just kissing your fucking ass. Jesus Christ. You know like, it's like like you need to hear this from me. You fucking know you're awesome. You have this like cool thing where you're like very like observational and you bring good things to the fucking table but on the flip side like i never know what the fuck you're gonna say because it's so (laughs) and i love that i love that my my
0: brain does work in in uh, mysterious ways but but uh yeah i mean i'm glad uh i'm glad to find other weirdos because you know like that's that's where we thrive because we like come together and we talk about shit that people are like yeah cares so much about superhero movies and i'm just like i will give you my thesis (laughs) thesis <laughs> right now um yeah so I, I i think it's awesome and again like i the thing is i talk about this stuff with like my best friend and some of the people around me like in just real life like constantly <laughs> like all of these like rabbit holes of like theories and stuff like i think this stuff is so cool so it's always fun to to chat with y'all and yeah. meet new folks too where like, yeah. we can all like yeah bounce new ideas and like explore new new avenues like that's where i think it's fun
2: I feel like that's what, like, this podcast has, like, really uh, – that's what it's really done for me is it's, like, it's connected the other people mm-hmm. to me that are, like, into this shit because, like, I can't yeah. talk this deep with, like – I guess, like – some of like the other closest people in my life, like I can't like call exactly. my sister and be like, "Hey, what did you think about the news?" My sister doesn't so, even realize this movie what, came I hear out.
0: about Loki. <laughs> yeah,
2: like she has no fucking clue. And like my yeah, mom would right. be like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" But at yeah. least my mom has seen Top Gun. Jesus fucking <laughs> Christ, Jake! What the oh, fuck, bro? God. Even my that's fucking right. mom seen that's Top right.
0: Gun. <laughs> Jake, if I'm you tell
1: really cho- Ashley this episode,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ashley's are f- fighting over a cookie, and I'm over here just like hanging out. Know, Ashley's
1: fucking <laughs> <the first of laughs> ever, and I don't care about Brian. And I haven't seen Top Gun.
2: <laughs> oh man, Jake, if you've seen if you've seen fucking cocktail, and you've never seen Top Gun, we're done. <laughs> If you've seen Cocktail and you've never seen Top Gun, we're we're over as friends, bro. Dude, I'm a James Constan. I had to see Cocktail <laughs> <laughs>
1: You
0: you motherfucker! He's gonna come over and like (laughs) take you to a chair and like tape your eyelids open and make you watch Top Gun. I'm gonna fucking
1: like more James (laughs) Bond shit. That's just like his famous movie. Oh
2: my god! I am going to. There you go. There
3: you go.
2: I'm gonna clockwork orange your ass to watch Top Gun. It's gonna happen. And you're not going to like oh, it, and, and and that's, okay. like, that'll be the final episode of PCL when you fucking...
1: <laughs> Where I toss Top
2: Gun? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, you motherfucker. Had you. <laughs> Welcome to the danger zone, bitch. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to watch Top Gun before episode
1: 400 so I can tell you in person what I thought of Top Gun. <laughs>
0: I love that idea for 400. That is, that is a good segment. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Let's
2: start, to- Let's start 400 off on the wrong foot. Yeah, that's fucking wonderful. <laughs> get we don't have to start it. with
0: Guy, that. and he might love
2: it. He might. Oh, shut up, Ashley. You know he's going to fucking hate it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you
2: know he's not going to like it.
0: I'll give it a taste. It. Fuck you
2: you telling
1: Ashley you showed up made me feel better I'm okay again
0: now You're, are we good now Jake? Are you? Yeah. Good? <laughs> we're back we're even got you man we got you <laughs>
2: uh, hey Joe where the fuck can people find you if they want <laughs> if people want more Joe Stark in their life where can people find you bro? Uh,
5: you can find me on my podcast Starkcast where I'm talking with people and just having regular old long ass conversations.
2: Uh, you, uh, Joe, I don't think you didn't sell it, bro. I, it, <laughs> 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 it's it, that's the that's the same kind of shit that fucking makes Jake not watch Top Gun for fucking thirty years. <laughs> 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 You know it's it's not and you know what fucking your theme song for Startcast is not sung by Kenny Loggins. so you know I mean no. no guys check out Startcast man fucking Joe's fucking awesome man it's it's really fun to listen to Joe have conversations uh, with 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 people in the leftover army and other people that you've come in contact with it's it's a, it's a it's a fantastic podcast I've been on myself I've enjoyed it so and it was
5: I, a fun episode, too. We talked for, like, five and a half yeah, hours
2: yeah. without a break. It was nuts. Yeah, it was insane. Yeah, Jake, I didn't need a fucking break, you puss. <laughs> 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 Did, you, like, pee- Did you pee into a Gatorade bottle?
1: How'd you fucking do that?
2: Oh, I'm, I'm half tempted to piss into your mouth, you motherfucker. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> Whoa. Whoa. That guy. Got- <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: wow.
2: wow,
1: wow Yeah, stop flying, R. Kelly Yeah, fuck? Jesus
2: yeah. <laughs> 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 Wow I was going to make an R. Kelly joke And then you took it from me um, But, uh, yeah I would plug anything Tristan's doing or Ashley's doing But they're doing nothing So I they're have little yeah, Nothing There's nothing to plug there yeah. Hey Ashley, where can people find you? Oh, you can find me on PCL when I show up.
0: <laughs> I mean, this is true. Yeah. I am I'm, I'm you know, I have some things in the works, but they're not quite uh not quite there yet, but yeah. I'm working on it.
2: Ashley has a Jonah it's Hex a podcast, podcast in the works.
0: I'm how did you <laughs> fucking know, dude? I swear to God. <laughs> 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 Actually he was talking about Top Gun for an hour straight every fucking day because it's my favorite. But, um Noah uh,
2: Do not. Now you don't you dare. <laughs> don't you dare, fuck it. No, I was
0: gonna I was gonna ask you to come on it because I figured we could just talk about Talk Gun.
2: I would talk, seriously, if you just, no, honestly, you don't, it doesn't even have to be a podcast. If you just want to call me and talk about Top Gun, I'll give you my phone number. And if it's two o'clock in the morning and you're like, fuck, I need to talk, I need to talk Top Top Gun. Oh my God. Brian, what do you think about the red phone? Get the red phone out for the Top Gun
0: combo. Yes,
2: yes, yes. I'll have a red phone. You have a red phone. And if you like feel the need to talk about Kelly McGillis's performance in Top Gun, we could do that.
0: Yo, every day I'm here for it. Okay. Not every. Not
2: let's not get carried away, okay?
0: Well, you, you want to. You, you exactly. It's so good and exciting. You don't want to like take away from its specialness. So we have to like really spread it out, but like make it make it worthwhile because it's just such an important. Yeah,
2: this joke's um, gone on a little long, don't you think, Ashley? <laughs> I
0: don't know. We're, we're almost <laughs> <to> at four hours. <laughs> and I this is the point where we start to like start to start to
2: lose it a little bit This is the best part uh, I don't know is, is this the best part is where we uh, where I wrap it up um, Tristan people can't yes. find people can find you here because you don't do anything as well <laughs> I don't do anything but I
4: <laughs> always am willing to give my cash out we <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'll send my Venmo
2: too for doing yeah, that. Smart. <laughs> uh, no, I, I love having Ashley and Tristan and Joe on. I've had a blast talking about the Suicide Squad with you guys this week. This is, this is like, this is up there for me uh, with the movies this year. I think it's like this and Psycho Gorman are the two movies this year that have just blown me the fuck away. I absolutely loved this movie so much and I cannot wait to continue. I, God, I'm gonna watch this movie so many times. You have no fucking idea. It's it's crazy that it's just available on HBO Max to watch until like what is it, September 5th or so. So
1: yeah, like 30 days. I'm probably gonna try to get in like fucking five or six viewings in those 30 days, if not more.
2: Yeah. All right, guys, that's it. That's all I got. Any any final thoughts from anybody?
1: No, I'm out of Ben and
2: Jerry's jokes. Oh god, you were out of Ben and Jerry's jokes an hour ago. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a lie. Guys, we'll be back next week. We got a we got a new episode for you next week. What are we talking about next week? What are we talking if you only show up for the fucking movie episodes. Yeah, what we're talking, talking about
1: we watch that Val Kilmer documentary, I would assume.
2: Yeah, Val is uh, the, the Val Kilmer documentary. They're going to be dropping, I think, on Amazon. I don't know. Free
5: Guys a, coming out in theaters next week. Free guys. Titan guy. Season, three. Uh, Titan I'm so season 3. I'm
1: so sick of that trailer. That's like the trailer they beat you to death with the last month and a
2: You, half. you piss and moan about those trailers sometimes. The ones that you just keep getting over and over again. You're known yeah, for that.
1: I hate it. I'm t- it's, if the trailers weren't 35 minutes before every movie, like if they were just like three special trailers, like back in the day, then it would be a lot better.
2: Did you get the oh new God. one with the the fucking the buff Ryan Reynolds? Yeah,
1: that, that actually made me laugh quite a lot. It was nice seeing something oh. new, but it's like how much more that would have been so hilarious to
2: see in the theater. That. I was mad that I saw it. I was pissed yeah. off. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was a good gag, and the gag is out of the bag.
2: Yeah, respect. Comes out in theaters. Um, I'm gonna see a movie called The Stairs, which is like a one-night event movie that I'm gonna see. So I'll review that, and then I am gonna be talking. I am be talking about Mr. Corman on Apple TV Plus. So yeah, that's one I'll talk about. Yeah, we'll be back next week with another fucking episode, and then I'm taking the week off after that. You guys can just fucking. Flick your clits or diddle your dicks that week, because I'm done. I'm fucking. I'm... <laughs> those are the al- those
1: are the alternates to PCL. <laughs> those, are the, those
2: are the two options I'm providing. <laughs> you can bounce your fingers off your clits or diddle your dicks. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, just like all good leftovers saying the doggy bags. <laughs> Thank, you. <laughs> Thank you for your patronage. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week with episode 393.
1: See ya. Latest.
5: Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it, I couldn't do it. You people need a t shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap.
1: It's a trap. Do, toss it, good it, do we love it? Hey, let's race it. Erase it let's get up Tupperware
4: party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over culture. over,
2: Pop culture.
4: Leftovers. And with the uncool kids.
3: What's to say? already been said. Leftovers. sure that the only talent
2: is the band that's singing. That is hot culture. Leftovers.
1: Toss it good and taste Do we love it? Hey, let's race it Can't erase it Let's embrace it Tupperware party Subculture
3: culture spill over Like a vulture carryover over. culture pushed over. Pop culture Leftover And with the uncool kids What's this to Has already been said Leftover sure only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture Leftover Mama, mama Infinity,
2: do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace it. wear party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over. Counterculture pushed over. Pop culture leftovers. And uncool kids, what's to say has already
3: been said. Leftovers. leftovers. The only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture
5: leftovers. <laughs>